0: Hi there, this is Martin Popoff, Scribbler of 85 Heavy Metal Books, and host of History and 5 Songs with Martin Popoff podcast. When I need to get my kiss fix, I listen to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Listen to us both on the Pantheon Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Check them out. <laughs>
1: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place, because it's time for another bonus episode. Episode number 10. We are calling this one, Just Eat This Rotten Apple and Don't Give Me No Excuses. Zeus, Tommy, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Sonny. Thanks for
2: that intro. It's, it's, it's so exciting. And I do like how you continue to refer to people's radio dials. <laughs> I like I, I like I like that I like that that aspect. And the other thing I want to jump in right now before we even get started, let's thank our friend Tony from Restrained for our intro music because every week we forget, and we're not forgetting this week. So welcome Zeus and Sonny, and thank you, Tony.
0: Damn. <laughs> yes. Uh, hi, gentlemen. Yes. Thank you, Tony. You rock. We appreciate it. It's funny because Tom, I remembered it too, and I was just about to say it. Okay, and then good. The next time we'll both
2: forget.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So, if he so gets it every
1: a- other episode, that's good for him. I got a bone to pick with both of you. Oh okay? yeah. You don't even know this is coming. Oh no. So I had to follow Ambassador Scott Brown in his Kiss Shrine. <laughs> and now I gotta follow Carrie Steven in the chin implants. You guys suck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, really? I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I mean, well, you interviewed Carrie before us, so it's kind of royalty here, you know, Yeah. And in person.
1: Yeah, exactly. and I got a hug. Oh, yeah. I'm the only one that got a hug between the three of us. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. But you don't know what else happened on that Skype call. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard something about banging one out. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, that would be me. Uh, So the other thing we do have to mention Though about our friend Tony Is he's got a new album coming out Yeah, Right Restrain has a new album coming out And when it does come out We will sure uh, promote it And send it out there to you guys to take a listen We hope it's good We're not going to tell you it's good Without listening to it But we have
2: heard a few tracks And those tracks are pretty good Oh, absolutely! Yeah, maybe we'll do it a bonus episode. Maybe oh. not. You
1: may, right, maybe maybe not. talk to us again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is true. We talk about Tony and restraint all the time, so definitely check him out. He, his band's on all the social media, so check him out. He he posts clips, and and uh, you know the music sounds terrific. So yes, and the the best part of that band is the guitar work. We have to admit, <laughs> uh, Tony shreds. Oh, and Tony looks much better bald like me because he posted a picture of when he had hair, and I said he looked like fucking Klaus from the Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for that look. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? A skullit look going? Like
0: the Gallagher look? <laughs> Gallagher. Hi, listen nope. to this solo. In the middle of the solo, he takes his guitar and smashes watermelons water onto his face.
1: I was there during. It was a time thing. It was a time frame thing. Because he did what he didn't put on that picture was, you know, it's like the late eighties. Yeah, right. So it's not like he was doing that yesterday. But right. you know,
2: oh right, right, right. How did the first ten? How did the first ten minutes of this episode become a restrained bonus episode? <laughs> Who Gallagher? <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Oh man.
0: Well. <laughs> We, we're were coming off a nice uh, episode we did last month And that was Ozzy's Blizzard of Oz I would say, uh, at least social media wise That was uh, our most interactive um, episode You guys seemed to love it There was uh, a lot of positive feedback A lot of people thought Sonny was insane <laughs> A lot of people thought he was absolutely dead right on and uh, the feedback was uh, just overwhelming. It, it yeah. was uh, There was a ton there. We always start off with our polls, and our poll about basically what was the best song,
2: right, Tom? Yes. So uh, four options. We did uh, Suicide Solution, Mr. Crowley, Crazy Train, and I Don't Know. And just by a, a fraction, Crazy Train was 33%, Mr. Crowley, 32%. I don't know. Twenty-two percent and Suicide Solution coming in last at thirteen percent. So no surprise that Crazy Train won. Although I am surprised that it didn't run away with it. I I thought that would smoke the vote, and I was surprised it beat out Mister Crowley by only one percent. So I, I found that interesting.
1: Yeah, Suicide had no chance. No guitar solo, no chance.
2: Yeah, I know Zeus wanted Revelation Mother Earth as an option oh, in there, but Lord. we but, but well I, we're gonna get to that. when we get to feedback. Zeus was re- Zeus was redeemed because wow, there is a whole contingent of Revelation Mother Earth people out there
0: because they know a great guitar fucking bit when they hear it. <laughs> and uh, I I was the one who said I thought Mister Crowley was going to pull it off. I thought Fatigue on Crazy Train would would really put it down, but it, yeah. it obviously came close because you guys thought it would run away. Yeah, uh, Mister Crowley's just epic as well. The solo, yeah, it is the insane.
2: solo.
1: Uh, exactly. uh, let's
0: let's start off with Sonny Sonny we got feedback on
1: Facebook let's go with yep. that so Facebook uh Jack Panocchio <laughs>
3: Hey, I need a good night. I'm a man with a gun. Shut La la la, We don't
1: this was quite possibly the best album review to date out of all the kiss and bonus episodes. The in-depth review itself was perfect. Smashed it out of the park again, guys. And to Hollywood's, New Adam and Eve voice. Love the Stephen Hawking for impression. I didn't even know I was doing that. That's I was trying awful. to be a robot. A but fuck? I watched the same thing. Well, Stephen what Hawking. What the fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> when I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it was. Oh, that is uh, awful. Scott Wheeler said, love the bonus episode. I wore this record out back in the day. Had to laugh at your take on Crazy Train and it being too poppy and not heavy. Uh, it's that upbeat pop melody that's made this song endure for so long and accessible to so many. Keep up the great work and album reviews. Uh, Kevin Jepson says, get oh, the God. flaps out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Snap the
0: flaps? Uh, what did he say? Yeah.
1: Daniel People said, no bone movies. Like whatever you like, however you like it. But how did this end up on Tribute and Over the Mountain didn't? Inconceivable. I agree uh Steve Yeah, that's that, that
2: that that's a good point i I like no bone movies, but the fact that it made it on tribute over over the mountain is
1: bizarro agreed yep. uh Stephen Wright said our buddy said blah album virgil Virgil stay said, I'm okay, hold on hold, on hold on hold ba- on hold on wait wait, whoa, whoa. back ba- back up back up. I gotta
2: call out our buddy Steve from part of the hell
1: on what planet is Blizzard of Oz blah
2: this is coming from the guy that does episodes on Halloween. <laughs> I mean, come on, Eve.
1: (laughs) Virgil Stay said, I'm going off the rails on Shout It Out Loudcast. That was pretty cool. All right. Uh, Scott Donaldson. Hey, guys, another killer episode. Never really got into Ozzy or Sabbath that much, but really enjoyed hearing the uh, backstories of this album. No doubt the world missed out on something special with The Passing of Randy Rhodes, but at least we are able to listen to the magic for generations to come. Ah, uh, Daniel Peoples also said, "Maybe I have no idea what about it is, but doesn't Sabbath changes not apply? I I don't think I know that song.
2: Oh I, yeah, it
1: uh, became I like a it's... number one hit in
0: England when. Remember, he, he redid it with his daughter.
1: Oh you know? yeah, yeah. I don't like that song either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Jepsen, another excellent show, stellar record. The story I heard about No Bones movies was Sharon would go to the tour bus and tell the guys, no bone movies. Uh, LOL, I'm shocked how much Ju- <laughs> how much Zeus loved Revelation. Here's my ranking. Nine, D, but love it. Eight was No Bone movies. Seven was Revelation. Six was Goodbye to Romance. Five, Crazy Train. Four, Steal Away. Three, Suicide Solution. Two, Mr. Carly. And one, I don't know. Keep up the great entertainment. Fuckos.
2: Oh, well, there you go. Love that. And that love was
1: Facebook. That.
2: Okay. So, yeah, I'll take uh, – I get. Some, we got some emails. We got a lot of email feedback here. Some of them were short and sweet. Some of them were uh, hit parader articles that, <laughs> that, that, I, that I will try to uh, paraphrase. So we, we start off with our good friend Tony Smith. Just finished the Blizzard of Oz episode. Toward the end, you guys were talking about different shows to check out. And while the discussion was going, my brain was thinking – Here's a question. Netflix does a series about Shout It Out Loudcast. Who is playing you? And please include who would play Mr. Pooney who hates Revelation Mother Earth. <laughs> All right, we'll do a separate episode on who's playing the Shout It Out Loudcast, but... <laughs> Uh, then we got Dan, the man also known as Twitter handle. I love it louder who we've, I think we've confirmed. It's not a poony burner account. So he says, yes, Tom revelation is pretty similar to Elton John's funeral for a friend. I can't believe there's somebody actually out there that agrees with me and knows that song. Um, just like a day in the life by the Beatles, two different songs put together. Can't believe I agree with Zeus, but I do also agree with Zeus that no bone movies doesn't fit here. It's pretty bad pop metal from the early eighties. And no, Sonny, this does not sound like rock and roll. Maybe if rock and roll had a slower, less balls to the walls, it would be no bone movies. And here is some controversy. I prefer the live version of Mr. Crowley with Zach Wild. Ooh, controversy. Ooh. And then he does his uh, his rankings. He's looking, Then he says, looking forward to the next episode. I likely know more silly trivia than Stuart, and I aced the second Jeopardy with Hollywood. Oh, God. Ooh. Nice. We got Jerry Blackwell. It is a great album, but I think I have to agree with Sonny. No Bone Movies and Revelation are pretty bad. I mean, no disrespect to Randy, but those two songs could have been better. By the way, I have tried the show Succession. It's really good. Okay. Was that one of your uh, rock hard topics there, Sonny? It was uh, It was Zeus's. Oh, okay. We that's know. right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then we got our buddy Stephen Wood, who I love Stephen. He's so interactive with us. He has a career in writing rock music articles because... His episode his email's great. Um, he said, I think this episode has been my favorite of the bonus episodes so far. The variety of opinion is always entertaining, and I know this album very well. Um, I had no idea that this album even existed in 1980. I didn't even know Ozzy had a post-Sabbath career. At the time I was a KISS fan and was also in touch with some acts like the village people. <laughs> I knew about Black Sabbath through my sister's record collection. And then he goes on, and talks about his history with the album and his rankings. Uh, he says he's intimately familiar with the album. He can play many of Randy's riffs on guitar. Wow. Good for you, man. That's amazing. And then he does his track by track. And he says, looking forward to the next choice. By the way, I still haven't listened to the bonus episodes for OU812, Slide It In, or Bon Jovi. I'm not as familiar with those albums. I want to form my own opinion before I hear them. Then this is great. You, you only need another eight, theme songs to go with jack Pinocchio and joey casada and then you can launch an official shouted out loudcast soundtrack (laughs) uh we got doug middleton i'm sure that you will hear the diary of a madman is better than blizzard of oz and i will say that it's true i'll also say that ozzy's voice being annoying as getting pegged or (laughs) or finding out that your woman is actually a man in drag Randy is a god, but only the three classic songs are really listenable. I would suggest doing an album that involves a female lead vocalist. This would be really interesting. You guys should have a karaoke sing-off. I can say all three of you are better than Ozzy. Oh, God. (laughs) That's bad. I agree with... This is from Teddy Barnes. I agree with Hollywood. Half is great. The rest is okay or unlistenable. Revelation sucks. Mic drop. You guys are always great. Thanks for what you do. And we got one from Kevin Northern. You guys have been killing it with the episodes lately. The show keeps getting better and better. Just finished the Blizzard of Oz episode, and now every time I hear Mr. Crowley, I'll be singing, Mr. Pooney. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. I was wondering, <laughs> since you talk about fatigue factor a lot, if you thought about doing a top 10 fatigue factor song episode, ooh, that would be interesting. This is from our buddy Fat Man on Guitar for that's his twitter handle also known as alan tignanelli well there's an italian guy we might have to create a we have to create a theme song for him bonus episode on blizzard of oz this is an album i really like this is one of my favorite albums of all time randy rhodes is a huge influence on me as a guitarist we used to play several songs off this album back was i when i was in a band then he gets into some really big detail about the album he says but revelation mother earth sorry i'm with zeus here this song is absolutely epic It's one that, to me, lends credence to the blizzard-is-a-band idea. Aside from being a dramatic, atmospheric tune, it's also a showcase for the instrumentalists. The outro segue into Steal Away the Night is just awesome to behold. That's not something sidemen get to do. Then he says, I disagree with Sonny about D. Back in those days, it was fairly common for guitarists, especially hotshot guitarists, to have short instrumentals on albums, especially acoustic ones, you know, to show that they were more than just balls and flash. Then he says, I've read Bob Daisley's book and a few other things. It seems pl- pretty clear that he and Randy did the bulk of the writing with Bob doing the lyrics and most of the arranging. The music is primarily Randy. You can hear some of that stuff in his Quiet Riot music. And then he gives us his rankings. So a lot of emails, tons of feedback. Great stuff, as always. Thank you. If I didn't get to read everybody's long emails, we appreciate them. We had read them, but we, we appreciate the time and the involvement for sure. So Zeus, we got Twitter.
0: Yeah. Before I uh, I do that, I think we also got to do Pod Chaser. Oh, okay. So Pod Chaser, is High, playing a bit of catch up, but really glad you guys reviewed Oz. It's a terrific album. I do have to agree somewhat that Ozzy should just stop singing slow songs. <laughs> Casa de León, Mister Crowley is the best song on the album. Ozzy ballads should all be erased from existence. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um what's the song that I really love off Bark to the Moon Bark of the Moon that you guys love to shit on me about? Is
1: this so tired? I love that oh song. Oh my god, it's brutal. I'll be I'm I'm, love,
2: I'm 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 happy to admit I don't even know that song because I never I got into that it. album. Don't yeah.
1: don't even try it.
2: Okay. I
0: love that song. Go listen to it, guys, and go watch the video if you can find it. But you know what, On a, before we even get to anything Tom, we didn't have any YouTube comments on that because of all the stuff that we've ever put on YouTube Yes, good. Ozzy's the only one that YouTube said copyright can't put this shit on yep. Everybody else says, oh you know, you can't monetize and things like that on YouTube but Ozzy was the only one that we didn't get to do it
2: Fucking no one's gonna make any money off of Ozzy except for me You fucking pieces of shit it's true. Yeah, it, it, we've done eight other bonus episodes, and that was the first one where it got totally blocked. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's from uh, Podchaser. Remember to give us those five-star
0: star. child reviews on Podchaser.com. Uh, anyways, Twitter. Let's get through these ones rather quickly. Uh, Blizzard of Oz got a tons of reaction. The great Jock Pinocchio, as I think someone may have read one of his earlier. You'll feel like you're going off the rails on a crazy train with Mr. Crowley with this great C D review. Mark Ink John eighty four. Love that Tom name. loves them. <laughs> that's yeah. So great. So creative. Listen today, Diary is better, but there's some definite classics on this album. A lot of people said that. A lot of people like Diary better. Yeah, but that's okay. When I, I think Jericho did their album Clash I think they all picked Diary yeah, The whole group picked they did. Diary Over uh, Blizzard Which I don't understand Me neither. Uh, Bill Elam, great episode Thanks to the slams on Pandemic Paul pegging Sonny's Adam and Eve Plug starts off Ben Stein And slowly transform into Rosie the Robot Maid is that from the Jetsons? Yeah, he's got a <laughs> he's got a gif of the Jetsons. Oh God, uh, made. Yep. Um, Zeus does quite an excellent Sharon Osbourne impression. <laughs> Maybe he should audition for looping for the new Aussie pick. Yeah, uh, oh, that's so easy. Just screech! Oh, you shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> um, Murph, excellent episodes, gents. Highly entertaining as always. This coming from a non-Aussie fan. Based on hard rock, rock hard recommendations, have to ask when is stardy Sunny starting his thirty seventh podcast, The
2: Power <laughs> Hour? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, the show, The Power Hour. Yeah, nice. Ain't got no time for that, <laughs> Uncle Paulie. On
0: behalf of Tom's Heart, thank you for these rankings. I literally think I heard only one wow and only one oh boy. During the entire track rankings for him, love the episodes. Thanks, gents. Great album, almost
2: as good as Diary of a Madman. Man, I don't almost. I don't get that. I I, I, I honestly don't. I mean, all, Diary of a Madman's is good, but I don't know that. That's I don't know if people like the sound of the album better, but we'll save that for another time. I heard,
0: time. I heard the 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 guitar is like it's Technic- different. It's technically like over the top. Yeah, like musicianship is incredible. Yeah, I just don't, you know, to my ears,
2: I I don't don't think. think I just don't think the songs are better than Blizzard. Yeah,
0: yeah. Harper at Sonny Poonie, you don't like "Goodbye to Romance"? What the fuck, man? I'm I'm kind of pissed right now over this. (laughs) I could say it back.
1: You like "Goodbye to Romance"? What the fuck, man? (laughs) (laughs) The song is average.
0: And then you two are going back and forth. And at one point he says I do agree with you About instrumentals though 100% man
2: Oh oh boy well we got one today Oh yeah yeah.
0: Tom Dust I almost had to turn this episode off When Sonny Proceeded to critique Revelation Mother Earth Oh Tom stepped in To soften the blow Before Zeus fully saves the episode Well done Zeus Shame on you, Pony!
2: <laughs> shame, shame, shame. How dare you? How dare you? I, I'm I'm shocked and pleasantly surprised for Zeus's benefit how many people, like, legitimately— uh, The song is okay, but people were like, the guitar, Tom. It's not just this. Like, if it no, was I know. Just the song,
0: mother, like, if yeah. it was just and it stopped there, I'd be like, ah. Eh. I'm right. Like ah, it's around good value to romance. I would have left it there. It's yeah. the second half, buddy. Yeah, Agreed. Um, George Harker, great bonus episode. Found a pristine vinyl copy, nerds, at a thrift shop for two dollars to replace my worn copy I got as a kid. Love wow. the images, especially the music. Zeus is right. So many iconic and high quality songs. Steve Dewood just finished listening. I have to I have a lot to say. I will send an email. With my usual rambling guff. And he did. <laughs> uh, JR, cover reminded me of nuns at Catholic school I went to. Yep. Our Ladies or Perpetual Pain. I thought it was a religious album, so I offered Crazy Train as a morning prayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Michael Kerner put up, I still have this. Does anybody remember this gem? And it was the live EP, which is like impossible to find. Wow. Ozzy had done. And no. a great guitarist from Fozzie, Richie Ward, says, I have it as well. Hmm. Wow. Okay. The collector's edition. You can't find like I would look for it on CD, which you can't have because this came out in like 81, 82. Right. Graham Richley, nuts. Because of you guys, I'm gonna to have to go and buy another album. My first Aussie, but wow. R.R. is the real star. Amazing talent. Highlight of the episode was Tom singing, Mr. Pooney. <laughs> Again with that, yep. <laughs> At the end. Made me choke on my breakfast. Uh-oh. Thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> oh, we don't and want our, anybody getting sick or hurt.
0: Yes. And our a good friend who's got a new podcast on our, our network. The Neil Young Podcast? Thank you. Bye. Oh, yeah. Mike, Mike Shue. Yep. And he comes in and comments Great WCOZ Reference in this episode Yes, love, Boston love baby Yep uh, And Mike is, uh yeah, he's got the Neil Young I'm not a big fan of Neil Young But a lot of people are, so go give them a listen Steve, such a great album Probably his finest, some amazing songs And arguably some of the greatest guitar work Ever put on vinyl Great episode guy, another inspired <laughs> choice Love all of these He ranked it and then he ranks, him and Deuce both do this, where they are with regard to covers and albums we've reviewed so far. Nice. Uh, Sean Hammond, always good for a good story. Yep. Summary of a long story. Friday after Great five, girl classmate asked if I heard about Ozzy. I was metal that young. He just bit off the head of a bat. <laughs> that night, same cousin that played me Kiss the first time played me I don't know. And crazy train rest is history Still a fan nice Uh, That's it from uh, Twitter great awesome we love The feedback love oh, the feedback one, one last thing oh go ahead Mark ain't John did come back One more time and did Say this anybody Anybody who doesn't profess Their undying love for Revelation should Not be allowed to ever talk About music ever again In any way period Put that in your pipe and smoke it, peg it, suck it, whatever.
2: Okay, so okay, so what? Wow. So what, what? So what? We've confirmed here is that Mark Aint John is the first Zeus burner account on Twitter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, but he did put in
0: hashtag one too many vodka tonics. <laughs> okay.
2: all right, there you go. Good for him.
1: Vodka tonics are brutal. I, I tried that when I was drinking. It's not good. No. <laughs> When I was drinking. When I, when I, when I was drinking.
0: <laughs> and I was drinking. I-
2: oh, God. I'm dr- I'm drinking coffee right now because it's Sunday morning while we're recording. So yay us. Yay. And uh, before we get into the episode here, uh, what do we do first there, Mr. Pooney?
1: Well, here, you can swing on this. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Free stuff. <laughs> you like it? Free stuff is awesome. But free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter promo code LOUDCAST at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and six free spicy movies, plus free shipping. That's promo code LOUDCAST at adamandeve.com. Go ahead and bang out to that. Oh, boy. Wonderful thank you Sonny for that wonderful read Yep So this
0: is Tom's turn In the rotation we just did A group pick and it goes Tom Sonny then me Tom you picked Jar of Flies we usually start These episodes with our first Interaction with the album how we Got to know it how we uh Became friends with it started dating it Please <laughs> go right ahead you start
2: Okay so like Zeus said, we personal picks. So Zeus and I, if you've listened to our show long enough, the bonus episodes or even the Shout it Out Loud cast, the Kiss episodes, this this is our wheelhouse. We were in college at the birth of grunge. We were, at, we were in college for just grunge when it was at its peak. I picked this album for a number of reasons that we're going to get into track by track and just generally speaking. So of all the albums that we've picked, very few, if any, although I love most of them have an effect on me and a connection with me the way that this album does when the album came out we were it came out in the spring semester of our junior year came right after holiday break came out in january and it just became a soundtrack for the second half of our college life and what the album means to me just nostalgia wise but sonically speaking it's a it's an album That's unique to me. It's it's it it's it's an emotional album for me. I'm gonna get into that, but when we get to the track by track, the album just means so much to me musically, nostalgia, memory. It reminds me of my best friends. It reminds me, I mean, I was dating who the woman who became my wife when this album was popular. She loves it too. And it's an album that I listen to all the time. And it's just a very important album and piece of music for me for a variety of reasons that I'm excited to talk about. And I know Allison Chains may have more. Heavier albums, obviously Dirt and Facelift, you know, all those albums. But this album right here is just a very special piece of music for me. And I
1: can't wait to talk about it. Sonny. Uh, For me, I started college in 1987. Uh, When I finished is a long, long story. So (laughs) the grunge thing is tougher for me because in the 90s, music is changing. And my music is headed on the way out. And this stuff's headed on the way in. I've said it before. Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, STP. Is probably, for me, the bridge between hair metal and grunge, so it was listenable to me, especially Alice, because the dual vocal melodies, Jerry's guitar playing had me hooked. I loved facelift. I loved dirt, but I'll tell you honestly, I bought this album the week it came out. I listened twice and never listened to it again until three weeks ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this Ah. was sitting in my CD collection, and I had not touched it for basically, what, 20 years, five years? Okay, that's good. I
0: feel feel bad for you that you haven't had this in your life. I don't.
3: But we'll get into that. We'll get
0: into that. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. All right. So same for me. This is one of those albums. Like, Blizzard of Oz wasn't my pick, but it became my number one album. This wasn't my pick, but we'll see where this ranks. But I could have easily picked this. Yep. So, number one, I love my kiss. I love my hair metal. But I also love my grunge alternative 90s stuff. This, in addition to coming out during, I would, might be the greatest like music explosion in my life, 1994, was incredible it was also it came out during my favorite fucking year of any probably school time i ever had other than maybe senior year in high school i could do whatever the fuck i want to do in my high school junior Uh, year junior year at stonehill college is beyond legendary for all of us yep we all lived together we were so disruptive That this school came up with a never-before-used formula to not just – they didn't throw us all out because they couldn't because we kind of banded together. But they had to separate us in blocks of four after this year. (laughs) They couldn't have more than four of us in this suite, this basement suite of what was called Flynn, Flynn Hall, and blocks of four we couldn't live together. So, Tom, sorry, senior year, you had to live aclo- across the courtyard from me. You know, basically 200 feet. Um,
2: it, was far, like tw- it was like was like 25 <laughs> feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we couldn't live in the same building afterwards. It was the greatest year. I, I can't... The stories that you guys have heard from Shout Out Loudcast, you guys will probably hear a million more because there are a million more of them. But it was the greatest year. Me and Tom... We're you know we still had our kiss We're still watching Because I remember it so well Extreme close up on the big TV that we rented for the basement And all the other people in the fucking suite Including people like Murph Like what the fuck is this kid shit That we kept playing But me and him were exploding with new bands And new favorite albums And all these albums that are like Coming out that become legendary Later were just getting Released and we still Had the first couple of grunge albums That just had come out still being Blasted we were still playing 10 Nevermind core all that Stuff was coming out and then 94 hit And all of a sudden What started 94 in the explosion Jar of flies I remember in Tom's room listening to This I remembered it in mine It It gives me such a nostalgic feeling of college. And now that it's September, I even love it more that we're reviewing this. The mood this album puts me in of like all of a sudden the nights, it's getting darker around six and seven o'clock leaves rustling. And this album, that melancholy feeling, I I can't explain it, but uh, Tom is shaking his head. He knows what I mean. And when we play this, and the big five disc change players, when we played the five CDs we put in, chances are Jar of Flies was one of the CDs in there. This has a huge sentimental tug on my heart going at all times, constantly played by me all the time. I can't say enough about Jar of Flies, and it's a, a great pick.
2: So. and I think and, and I think and thank you for that because that's you, that, that's exactly what me and you are thinking and uh, you know and I'm glad I won't say I'm glad I like the fact that when we do these bonus episodes especially the individual picks that not all three of us are on the same page and that's why when we do the group picks that's exactly they're 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 albums that all three of us are huge fans of the individual picks are interesting and I like the fact that Sonny is kind of on an island here because i I appreciate like differing perspectives and like again the age the you know there's a couple years between us and age and we've talked about it before where where you are and when you are in life has such a tremendous effect and impact on the on that music and like zeus said you combine arguably the greatest year of our teenage lives with arguably one of the greatest eras of music for us with this album and you put this album on now and it's just it it affects me like really no other album and that includes kiss albums a perfect example so in preparation for this i've said it before i'm a vinyl geek i bought the brand new remastered 180 gram vinyl of jar flies and i was home alone last night my son was out with his friends my wife was doing something downstairs in the basement and i had it blasting i was just sitting down Taking notes for the episode, just listening to it, and I had the stereo all the way up. I was home alone. I felt like a kid again, and it was perfect. Because my wife comes home, comes downstairs, and she looks at me and she goes, "Where am I? Stonehill right now?" <laughs> like she's like she said it. She said it, and it was per- it was just perfect timing. She goes, "Every time I hear anything of this album, it's junior year at Stonehill." And just like Zoo said, and this is this is who I was dating her at the time. Obviously, you know we ended up. St- We're married 19 years. Next month, but even she's like, she's like, yeah, I can't hear this album. I can't hear these songs without without me imagining Stonehill. So that's what it is, you know. And again, I know, I know we've done Soundgarden before. Grunge is one of those love it or hate it. There's not a lot of people that are like, yeah, grunge is okay. It's either I can't stand it or you're like Zeus and I, where you're just passionate about it. I think it's going to be a fun episode. Only seven songs. One of them is an instrumental, so who knows how long
1: this episode will be, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and we've talked about it before. Like if you think about where music was in 74, 79, 84, 89, 94. It's five completely different generations of music. It's There's absolutely no doubt, right? Yep. Yep. So and I'm a big believer, whatever you listen to between like 14 and 20 is probably where you go back to. I'm in my mid twenties by the time this comes out. Exactly. Right. So that's why I have a different spin on it, but that's, that's why it's nice to, uh, there's some classic albums though. Like you said, when we have the group pick that it doesn't matter whether you were into it at 74 or 94, it somehow spreads all over, but there's some that don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say this, Sonny,
0: you were out of college by this point. Imagine if you were in college with your best of friends in 94, Living, you know, with another year or so to go, having 10, never mind. And all these come out during your time. I'm sorry, but you would probably think different of the grunge era and those bands. You would still have your other stuff. But if you were there and the people that you live with every day in the parties you would go to were playing this stuff, you would probably have a different, you know, you'd feel differently, in my opinion. Because that's what you grew up with And that's what you came accustomed to It's different when you're out That's why I never got into afterwards The corns and shit like that Because I'm not with my friends blasting this music It didn't appeal to me as much There was That was the era that kind of came Right after the grunge era And so I didn't get into Limp Biscuit And shit like that That's where these guys fall in for you I think But Alice in Chains was a little earlier And they did have a little metal sound So that's why I kind of goes a little bit on your wheelhouse. So yeah,
1: yeah, the, we're they're, still they're... go ahead, oh, sonny. So, I'm sorry. We are still learning about each other. I started college in eighty seven. Yeah, I wasn't out by ninety
2: four.
1: <laughs> Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You were, you you were on the Vinnie bobarino plan. <laughs> oh yeah, because it took till two thousand eight. Hey, does it, That's as long, long as it's s-
2: you slow, did. slow and steady wins the race, Sonny. <laughs> hey
0: guys before we go on, I did my, a little quick thing on this. Yeah. I wanted to put this down on paper. And I, remember, I was saying there were other b- albums that were still on the chart, still being new because grunge was coming in. So older albums were starting to come out and like we're starting to get into them now. L- listen to some of these albums, Lives Throwing Copper, Great Cranberries No... No need oh, to argue. No, no need to, yeah,
2: their, first yeah. album, their first album yeah. is better than that. I
0: don't like Tori Amos, but her album was huge back then. The Crows soundtrack, Reality Bite soundtrack, Rollin Bands' Weight, Purple by Stone Temple Pilots, Veruca Salt, Oasis had an album that just came out, Offspring Smash, which Tommy loves. Uh oh, REM's brutal. Love that. That's coming up on our fucking review. I'm, I'm uh, skipping. <laughs> REM's Monster, Meat Puppets. Beck's Mellow Gold, remember that one? Awesome uh, album. Here you go, Tom. Beastie Boys' Ill Communication. PJ's Vitology, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Holes, Live Through This, Soundgarden, Super Unknown, Nirvana's Unplugged, Jeff Buckley's Grace, Weezer, Nine Inch Nail, Downward Spiral, Green Day, Dookie. I got a lot of these off a of Rolling Stones' list. Of yep. those albums, I don't know, I probably have like 15, 20 of them that oh, I yeah. bought then. Then! And they've been in my life. I own
2: two. <laughs> I feel bad for you, <laughs> as, as our friend Steve Wright would say. It's it's true though. It's true. Like 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 you said. I mean, when you when you when you live in when you're in college and you live in college and you're with this group of guys, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and all you have is, with the exception of class that we're supposed to go to, all you have is music and video games. I mean, this was in the days of record stores. We would take trips to Brockton and go to Strawberries. We went there during the day because we didn't want to get killed at night. Their Um, high school could beat up our college. Oh, God, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) The high school was like the school from Lean on Me.
3: You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack?
2: I mean, (laughs) um, but... But 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 that's what it is, and 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 you and Zeus, you said it perfectly. You you get out of college, and then all of a sudden you're 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 on your own. You know you're either living in you know maybe you're still living at home, maybe you have an apartment. You're starting to work, and your music, you're you're experiencing those new bands like by yourself. You know, so it's like ah okay, Corn, eh, a couple good songs. Okay, you know, you know whatever you know, Lincoln Park. Okay, you know, a couple good songs, whatever. But but it 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 doesn't have that effect. Who music ties you to people and it ties you to times in your life and that's why the three of us music is so important in different ways and there are certain albums that you listen to and you're like i like this music i like this album i like this band but it means nothing to me personally yep you know then then you put on a band then you put on an album for me jar of flies and it just it's like a punch in the stomach it just brings me someplace and and so i enjoy not the music but i enjoy how the music makes me feel and that's why i picked this album
0: Jar of Flies, released January 25th, 1994. So the band produced the album, but Toby Wright was the engineer. So they met Toby Wright because they did the last action hero movie soundtrack, which is very good. Great soundtrack. They did two songs from there. They kicked out the former bassist, and they put Mike Inez in, and Mike Starr was out, right? Yep. So now they just got a new bassist. They did a couple of songs off of that and met the engineer and they worked out a deal with him to say like, you know what? Why don't you come here? You won't produce this, but engineer us. And if we like what we saw, what we feel you can do the next, you know, couple albums or whatever with us. And that's how they worked it. The idea was to go into London bridge studios and see what happens. Apparently they were on their Lollapalooza tour Came back and someone forgot to pay the rent <laughs> and they were evicted. So they just moved into the studio, London Bridge Studios, brought some acoustic guitars and said, you know, what the fuck? Let's see if we can do something here. And uh, out came Jar Flies, which is insane. Uh, they told every, uh, I think the record company or Toby that basically they had some songs, which they didn't. And Jerry, you know, did his, does his magic. Lane comes up with some lyrics, Jerry has his lyrics And they produce Jar of Flies uh, Recorded basically, I think September 7th through the 14th in 1993 They released this album It goes to number one, the first EP ever to go number one Mm -hmm. It's uh, like 30 minutes long because some of these songs are still kind of long Sold 4 million copies, triple platinum in the US Released on Columbia Records and uh, just continue the tradition If you know about Alice in Chains They had her tradition because they first came out with a, like a Kind of like a small mini EP Which was We Die Young They had like a couple songs on there, not much But then they go to Facelift Then they go to Sap Another EP, right? Then they mm-hmm. go to Dirt Then they go to another EP And then they go to Three-Legged Dog Or Self-Titled, whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. They kept up this tradition Of going, and then the last two EPs In between, between Sap Which I could easily pick as an album For us to review, because I love that Just as much as this one Is the acoustic side of them They wanted to bring something different And do a little you know, Expand themselves, not be limited To just the sound that they have And they're talented enough and brilliant enough musicians to pull it off. At least I think so, and I think Tom thinks so. So that's uh, some of the stuff I have to say. Tom, do you want to add some stuff?
2: Yeah. So it was interesting looking up the background on the production of this album. I I didn't even realize, you know, because you don't realize it at the time. In the '90s, we were in college, but I I was at that Lollapalooza tour. I saw Alice in Chains headline Lollapalooza because um, wow. I used to go to all the Lollapalooza festivals every year. And that was the one that Allison Chains played last, but I believe they co-headlined, might have been with Primus, I think. I remember at the end of the day, and anybody that's been to Lollapalooza, you know that they're awesome, but they are exhausting days. They're exhausting. And like any other festival, the best band plays last. And by the time the last band plays, you're exhausted. You're hot. You're dying. You might be shit-faced. You might be high. Who knows what the hell you were doing all day. But I do remember when Allison Chains came on and played, it was it was insane. And to to, to be able to to be able to have said that I saw them at a festival like that and then they come back. And Sean Kinney even said, he's like, after playing loud music for so long, we wanted to come home. The last thing we wanted to do was crank up our amps right away. We wanted to have some downtime. And Zeus mentioned it. I like how they, they they went between their brutally heavy, sludgy albums like dirt. You know, then you make an EP, then you then you come back and you make another album that's heavy. And like Zeus said, SAP is terrific. And anybody that's a vinyl collector and a jar of flies collector, if you buy Jar of Flies on vinyl, it's a double vinyl. It includes sap. So when I bought go, this, yeah, go yeah. listen
0: to right turn off oh. of sap. Oh, it's fantastic. Tell me that's not probably <clears throat> their greatest song that they've ever done. It's, with, it's amazing with lane and, um, uh, and Chris Cornell trading off lyrics.
2: Yep. Oh my God. Yep. And that's, and that's, that's, that's on this, uh, this vi this double vinyl is sap, but yeah, and, and, and coming, going into the studio and not really having a plan. And these are the stories that I love. And, and, and you can tell, I love seeing different sides of bands and, and, you know, listening to facelift and listening to dirt and how brutally heavy and sludgy they are. And then they put together this album that is just, it's amazing to use a word like this to describe Alice in Chains. But for me, this is one of the most beautifully sounding albums I've ever heard in my life. The The acoustic instrumentation mixed in with the orchestra and the strings, it just it just hits me in a place that I I just can't explain, which is one of the reasons why I picked this album. But Zeus kind of nailed a lot of those key points about what Alice in Chains was going through in that timeline, coming off Lollapalooza and then just kind of chilling in the studio. Um, And then luck, like he said, luck have it. They got booted from their place. They had to move into London Bridge Studios. And sometimes situations force you to figure things out. And holy shit, did they figure it out with Jar of Flies?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's a (coughs) university-praised album. There's no doubt about that that whole thing about recording it quickly without having material already. There's focus, there's work ethic, just plain uber talent. There's no doubt about that. The whole thing with, I don't have a problem with acoustic albums at all. I love the light distortion guitar that's in it with the lead guitar. I love the way mm-hmm. they've mixed it all together. So that, that part absolutely worked for me. And I remember thinking they got the Aussie guy because I had seen yeah. in 30 months between October '90. And April 93, I saw Alice six times. Good for you. They were, Holy shit. Once with Man. Extreme, <clears throat> twice with Van Halen, twice with Ozzy. Like, they were opening for a bunch of bands yeah. kind of coming through. And so I saw them a lot. And like I said, I enjoyed Facelift and Dirt. So I had no problem with going and buying an acoustic album. To me, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, It just some of it translates to me. Not every great song sounds great acoustically,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: some of it doesn't. And it just, it's the level of wine in the vocal Mm -hmm. with a mix of the guitar and the solo has got to be kind of this recipe that works for me. And sometimes they add an agreement and I'm like, all right, that doesn't work for me at all. Right. It's that close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: A a couple things I want to add. So the, the acoustic part is a lot of it is, you know, obviously the music is Jerry. So Tom brings up the, a part about beautiful sound. So it was Jerry Cantrell that came up with, envisioned, and brought in these strings and envisioned basically, okay, we should have violins here and cello, cello, whatever here in this section. He came up with that. And that's just pure genius. But he was always, like, he's got such a big influence. So his big thing, like, he loves ACDC. Loves he is a big Ace Fraley Fan growing up Which you know we as Kiss As a Kiss podcast but he's got A lot of love for Elton John As well wonder why Tom And I both love him and the other Part that he loves he loves Country music he wasn't Born in Seattle just And, and stayed in Seattle his Whole time he moved out he was out in Dallas For a while so he's got a big Country influence Willie Nelson my buddy, George Jones, Hank Williams, Tammy Wynette, Loretta Lynn. He talks about these things. It's a great documentary. Have you ever seen the icons? It's on YouTube. Yep. You can watch it. He yep. does one for about an hour or so. Just him talking about music. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that. You got that country influence. You got the ACDC, the Kiss, the Elton John. It's basically us, you know, yep. and mixed together. And. And he is great on that documentary. He's like, I wanted a Les Paul. That was my guitar because that's what Ace Fraley played.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. And and so, you know, you you get him in moving into this. You get him playing this sound and then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. But that sound of an acoustic guitar. But it's it's an electric acoustic guitar when they're trying to make it sound not as electric. And they I think they pulled it off it's just it's wonderful it's i can't explain it it's just it, he knows how to hit that sound and the only other thing i would say is it's funny because we said this early and i wrote in my notes i wanted to make a mention of this point is this is grunge but it was also called something else when we were growing up during this era it was alternative music mm-hmm. and this was alternative metal mm-hmm. which i think is a better sounding way to describe this it wasn't just the metal that was popular at that time it's alternative metal
2: yeah that's a good point it's funny the only other band that i can think of off the top of my head and maybe there's somebody else out there that was that was legitimately called alternative metal was the band helmet and i don't know if you guys are familiar with the band Helmet. i'm that's one of the only bands I can think of. They weren't called grunge. They weren't new metal. They weren't alternative rock. They called them alternative metal, and they were, if you ever listen to Helmet. But you're right. That's a good call. They were you know, Alice Chain. Chains. We talked about grunge a little bit before. Everybody got thrown into the grunge bowl. Okay, but Pearl Jam is not Alice in Chains, and Alice in Chains is not Screaming Trees, and they're not, you know, Stone Temple Pilots. Like, they all sound different and this album sounds completely different. And one of the key things that makes this album so spectacular is what you brought up a little bit. Zeus talking about the acoustic sound and they focused so much on that, that they wanted it. They wanted it to sound like an acoustic guitar instead of an electrified acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. and the sound on, I mean, I, I, I love acoustic songs. I love, you know, MTV unplugged stone temple pilots does a nice job, all those bands, but the acoustic sound on this album it gives me chills when i hear some of these songs and we'll talk about that when we do the track by track sonically speaking i don't i can't compare this album to anything else and when i hear some of these notes being played it's it's just it's just so brilliant the sound that they achieved with this and and that's just one of the reasons why i just love the album so much
1: yeah, after hearing Zeus say Elton John, Country, ACDC, now it kind of even makes more sense to me why all of it doesn't completely connect. Obviously, yep. I'm a huge Kiss fan, but I like 80s Elton John. I like the I'm Still Standing, guess why they call it the Blues yep. Elton John? I don't like the other stuff. Country, I only like it when it crosses over to the pop charts, and I can I like some ACDC, but I don't like all of it, right? So that, that makes me wonder, okay, that makes sense because some of this stuff does connect, and I was humming it later, And some of it I'm like what the hell is this Right so it makes sense
0: Yep (laughs) yeah and the big thing Is when we talk about Alice in Chains and we'll get into a lot of detail Is The harmonies the legendary harmonies That's country Yep that's where he probably gets that Hey you sing this I'll sing just Below you you sing a little bit higher Country if you know if you follow It a lot and listen to it The background singing is the the vocals, the harmonies you pick up on the great session players. I think we talked about it recently with Vince Gill and the Eagles and how he can come in. He you was know, a session harmony guy, things like that in the way right now that Jerry and Lane's voice are, I don't, I can't think of anybody else, at least not from the grunge era. There is Eddie Vedder, there is Kurt Cobain, there is Scott Weiland, Chris Cornell. Kim Thales not doing harmonies with Chris Cornell. Nobody is doing this shit except these two. They are so far different than anybody else. And that is what gives Alice in Chains that, and I love harmonies. I love picking up who's singing what's part. And it's, we did a whole episode on Kiss um, duets. And how come they never did more trade-offs between Paul and Gene and anybody else? We love that stuff. It is great. So, uh, I mean, that's going to be a big focal point on this. And that's that's Alice in Chains
2: in a nutshell. No pun intended. intended. Yeah. Uh, And that's a a great point, Zeus. And I think not only do harmonies carry a song and, and make it special, but Lane's and Jerry's voices are so different and so unique and powerful in different ways that when they harmonize, generally speaking, this album has an amazing way of being so sad and so melancholy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's uplifting and, it, and it's bright. And that combination of music, melody, and harmony—it—it—it—it it, 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 it makes it—it it, it creates just such a special sound. And to think that, you know, this band is like uh, the Alice in Chains—they're a grunge band. Not everybody's going to like it. Obviously, Sonny might not be a huge fan of this, and that's okay. But like I said it earlier, generally speaking, sonically, with the vocals and the instrumentation, it's just a—it's just a special album. And I'm glad you brought up the harmonies because they're known for that. But holy shit, on this album, it's. Out of them, it's out of Yeah, world. The one
0: thing I, I just want to jump and last thing, I want to yeah. make a no, comment on is That's ahead. why I'm a big fan of the Eagles. Yes. And they would always say, Why isn't so-and-so singing a song? Because they can sing because they have like four or five singers in the band, at least all throughout their history. I think they've had seven or eight guys sing songs for them. But like half the time, Glenn Fry would say, like, because we have Don Henley. <laughs> like, that's right. why he's singing like his voice. So I think you would say, Why are you singing any songs, Cherry? Lane could be, and you can argue for all of the grunge bands. <clears throat> no, no, Scott Weiland has the best voice. No, Chris Cornell does. You Lane Staley, you can make an argument, has the best voice of that era. Yet Jerry still sings. Yep. And he and the best part about the story is that Lane was the one who's like, dude, you write these songs, you should sing them, and you have a good voice. And he lets them sing it. That they got along fine. They they had no problem, no ego. The points when they're like, oh. When it's just a Jerry song and then all of a sudden On the chorus, all of a sudden Lane's voice comes in. I find it to be Three voices Jerry's, Lane's, and it's Almost a different voice When they combine their voices It's like the the mixed voice That mixed voice is probably just as Beautiful as the other two voices On their own. That Mm -hmm. third voice Is insane Yep, I, I can't explain it and and it's funny because sometimes you can't tell a little bit because of the guitar or something like, Oh, was that? No, wait, that's, that's Jerry. That's definitely Jerry. That's Lane. And then you will see a video and you can see who's really singing what part and what's not sometimes. And it's just fantastic. And I, I love it because nothing is just plain. Okay. This is a Lane song. It's not always a Lane song. It's not always just a Jerry
2: song. I love that part about Allison Chains. if you have not seen and if you're an Allison Chains fan and hopefully you're listening to this and you are, but even if you aren't, go and watch their MTV Unplugged. I know and I and and I don't understand and i'm not I'm not gonna say it's bad, but I don't understand why everybody goes to the Nirvana MTV unplugged. yes, that's good. it is good, but this Allison Chains unplugged is out of this world and you can see and hear in real time what we're talking about with that harmony and those acoustic sounds and what they're doing together and it is just uh, an amazing performance and you know and thankfully that's also available as a CD or a vinyl or whatever that the MTV unplugged they play most of this album but they also play a, you know a lot of other stuff from their catalog and one other thing too we talked about we've talked about the acoustic stuff too But the drumming too on this, you have to be careful when you're recording an album like this. You can't come in and be bombastic with your drums unless the song requires it. But the way Sean Kinney, you know, a lot of times he all he's using is brushes, you know, and you and you can hear that. Or sometimes he's hitting the side of the snare with a stick and giving it a little bit of a of a sound. You hear you hear a lot. Some of the drums are a lot more pronounced in certain songs, and we'll talk about that. But the percussion in the album too. In conjunction with those acoustic instruments the instruments and the strings just putting it together it's just it's just amazing and as a side note before we get into the album cover because we'll talk about album covers but I just want to add one thing if you didn't think Rolling Stone sucked already this is number 42 on their top 50 grunge albums I just had to get that out because that's fucking horrific
1: Sonny do you have anything else you wanted to add yeah I'll <clears throat> say one more thing Alice in Chains unplugged absolutely smokes Yes, Nirvana's really. Unplugged. It's not even close to me. Yeah, that's I, an
0: all-time I, stupid comment. Are you no. on crack? No. What? no. Listen, I, I will tell you this: I love them the same. They are yeah. both by far brilliant. But you say it smokes Nirvana smokes—that's be, that's beyond stupid. I um, think the
2: I think that, I think all-time shouted out loud gas stupid comments smokes it. The, the real quick before, cause we're not going to spend a lot of time just to make one more comment. And then we'll move on. The problem I have with MTV unplugged was the song selection. They played way too many deep. Like cover songs, you know, th- th- like stick to your catalog. I know they didn't have a huge catalog at the time, but performance wise, it, it's great. I just, dis- I disagree with Sonny that Allison change, Allison Chains is better. It doesn't smoke it, but it's okay. And that's fine. And I love, I love differing opinions. No. So
0: I will add this because go. I want to talk about the unplugged stuff real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Number one, the other great thing about the Allison Chains unplugged is Jerry Cantrell had fucking food poisoning. Yeah. there, There's like documentaries on this, on that thing. They weren't sure they were going to go on because they didn't know what Lane was going to make it. And Jerry Cantrell comes down with food poisoning. He's got a bucket next to him. Yeah. The whole fucking thing <laughs> that he's going to throw up in. Yep. And the, and it's just off the charts. Uh, it could be Maybe my favorite album That's how much I love Unplugged But I love the Nirvana Unplugged And Tom, the thing about the Nirvana the, That's why I like it Because okay. they did they did something Like you say you love Metallica Can take a song and make it Metallica's And it's better than the covers Yes, I love that they did those songs Because I didn't even know those songs Until Good Nirvana point. did them And now I have the great Nirvana songs Plus I got these new songs That they never would have done And it also is ninety-four, the year that he came out and he died. That's why, you know, ninety-four is such a big, big year, and probably the end really of the golden era of grunge afterwards, because then Cobain dies.
2: And everything changes. But and also and also that Allison Chains unplugged was famous for having the guitar that we talked about during the load episode. Where he has the uh friends don't let friends get uh cut their hair or whatever he says written in the big letters on the acoustic guitar, we talked about that during the load episode.
0: Yeah, I gotta work on my Lars impression, and I, <laughs> we're watching them, and uh, um, you know, it's just a fantastic performance, <laughs> and um, I, you know, we're so like big fans of theirs fuck him but they were fuck. making fun of my hair trying fucking, to fucking like step on somebody else's line I'm like Get the fuck out of here anyways oh. yes let's talk about the album cover tom this
2: is yours you go first okay so the album cover to me it's it's unique and i think the thing that sticks out for anybody who is a fan of this album is the colors it's just unbelievably just like just it, it just sticks out that bright bright orangey color and zeus brought up this you know the seasons i think you know maybe it could be s- subconscious but it's it's a it's the color of fall the color living in new england it's the color of leaves it's the color of of uh of, of that area and and the title you know the title of the album is jar of flies and on the cover it's a jar of flies it's not tricky and and it, and it became it, it's from a science experiment that jerry cantrell conducted in the third grade which i thought was interesting i mean he talks about how th- there were two jars One of the jars was filled with flies and they were overfed. Another jar was filled with flies and it was underfed. The flies that were overfed reproduced very quickly, but then they all died because they were overcrowded. The flies that were underfed, they managed to survive throughout the year. And then Lane Staley says, I guess there's a message in there somewhere. Evidently, that experiment had a big impact on Jerry. Jerry? Every time he says Jerry, I just think it's Seinfeld. I'm sorry. Charlie. hello jerry hello jerry <laughs> exactly um but it, it's an interesting it's an interesting cover and i i you know i like how i again i like the colors and i like the simplicity it's a jar of flies but i like how the, it actually has a personal background to to jerry cantrell zoo sunny thoughts on the cover for for now i mean we're gonna get into it later when we rank them but what do you you know what do you think of the cover
1: yeah i think the cover is unique there's no doubt about that uh this dude, Rocky Shenick, I guess, photographed the album cover. And mm-hmm. he, uh, I, I saw him somewhere. He said the band came up with the idea for the title and wanted the cover to be a young boy looking into a jar filled with flies. I, I remember they asked me to use crazy colors in the shot. So I utilized a lot of different gels over the lights to get the final look. And mm-hmm. his assistant took several trips to the nearby horse stable where he had caught catch hundreds of flies <laughs> with a butterfly net because Ugh. the flies kept dying. Gross. <laughs> i I think the jar of flies it's interesting i don't know if i need a super close-up of an actual fly that's that's a little gross but oh uh, yeah, yeah oh yeah because
2: in the in the vinyl in the vinyl, i'm sure inside the liner notes of the cd when you open up the vi- the vinyl is a gatefold and it's got that viciously like microscopic like image of the of the, the of a fly yeah it's pretty pretty nasty but <laughs> zeus yeah if you if you have the box
0: set like i do music bank oh yes yeah alex yep. and chain if you yep. notice those colors and stuff, it seems like the same. Yeah. If you notice uh, on the albums itself, uh, the bright colors and mixture and actually facelift, you would say, has a little bit of the same kind of bright colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like I like the whole thing about the jar of flies. And and I think uh, what he call it was talking about uh, Jerry. Jerry <laughs> was saying uh, the metaphor there might be the fact that they didn't overdo it with the extra guitars and gona so they cut back mm-hmm. just like the smaller jar of flies with the less thing and yep. they became less is more mm-hmm. they survive by doing a little less yeah i don't know if that's what there it is but that's what they're talking about a little bit yep could be could be so we are on to tracks one hour into this episode we're up to tracks this is
2: a miracle this is amazing Yep. So first track. Ready? Go.
1: So the voice box, guitar, and the great bass line, I'm normally a sucker for. And I love the outro guitar solo, and the tone of the guitar is just simply awesome. There's no doubt. But the vocal melody on Rotten Apple, there's something that is not right to my ear. Like a vocal melody, I just don't get it, so I can't listen to it. And I got no clue what he's saying. I don't know if he's... Is he selling me Amway? Is he talking me into religion? Is he calling me an asshole? Like, is he professing his love for smell? No smell. No ween. Like I have no idea what he's saying. So it just kind of sounds like this background music you would find let, like at an occult or something. I, I just can't get into it. it it's a, it was a tough listen for me. Okay. Uh, so
2: Sonny starts off with a bang being horribly wrong. This is going to be a great episode. So when I listen to this, the, the, I love that this is the first song because when you hear that opening riff right there, it just puts you in a place and that, that riff Jerry Cantrell has talked about how much he loves that. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's a bass riff and it is just the, the, the right there, you know what you're in for with this album. It's moody. It's unhappy. Maybe it's angry. It's unhappy. But then I like how slowly some of the other instruments start to blend into the riff. You know, it, it takes its time before they become like a band. Mute, this is a song where musically I think it is spectacular. The hey ah na na, like okay, I get it. When it starts to pick up a little bit more, but that, that repetitive hey na na na, like it's okay. I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. I understand what Sonny's saying. The vocals are so striking in tone. And melody that you it's either something that you like or you're not gonna like it at all. And that's Lane. That's Allison Chains, and that's Lane in general. That kind of whiny drony sound that he creates. But I think hit that mixed with this music makes it the song that it is. In the way it has those those effects, the talk box, it, it it it's a standout for me. Pretty much every song on this album is and we'll we'll get into that when we get into rankings and stuff. But yeah, Rotten Apple. I love it. I love this album. I'm with Sonny. Woohoo! You guys. So, what the
0: fuck? <laughs> Bass creepy guitar. I love the creepy guitar. I love the chorus. I will tell you, that fucking anana shit is the most annoying thing I've fucking ever heard on an Alice in Chains album. And they have some weird shit that they do on stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll listen to the last song off of Sap. And then I will tell you, I'd probably rather hear that. Than Rotten Apple, anana. First of all, is beyond annoying. It's some like George Harrison fucking Hari Krishna shit. I don't know what it means other than anana is uh, pineapple in Greek. No joke. That's why you say pineapple. So I don't know why you keep saying pineapple in every fucking song. Oh but, my god! Uh, lyric. It is so annoying. Yeah. Anana And Okay. Anana. Like shut the fuck up. And it, it annoys the fuck. I mean, the chorus is beautiful. Lane's voice. And then I love Jerry's long guitar intro. So is it bad? No, it's not a bad song. I like it in the sense that it feel, it, it makes sense to be on this album. It, it, it's, you know, the mood and stuff. The I just wish he, they came up with something else clever instead of ah, nah, nah, whatever the fuck that is. And
2: that's where I stand on it's okay, it's okay, but that's really annoying. the 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 music carries the song for me. The music makes up for that. Um, yeah. But but I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I I mentioned that the that that part of the song is a little bit of a dud too. But the the melody and the music carries it, and and it it I can kind of get over that a little bit because of where the song goes as it progresses but you get the <coughs> harmonies and that's yes. the wheelhouse right there.
0: Yep. The harmonies are there and these are just like boom. You I you can't say anything uh, you know about the song without mentioning the harmonies. So, yep. Um ready to move on to song number 2. Yep. All, All right. right.
1: nutshell polar opposite of rotten apple for me i think lane sounds great i love the light distortion guitar fills these songs ain't getting you laid that's for damn sure that's not going to happen um i think this song should have opened up the ep i I like kind of like the dark lyrics uh you know whether it's dealing with loneliness or despair or whatever that's fine and maybe it was lane's kind of saying, look, I'm just frustrated that I don't have privacy, right? Which a lot of these guys wanted privacy, but they were probably becoming bigger than they wanted to be. This was one of those songs I felt myself humming without knowing it. Right. You know how you're just working your humming mm-hmm. and for some reason I'm like, and yet I find yet I find battle all alone. Right. I'm like, what, what the hell am I humming? What am I humming? Yeah. Right. So uh thank God it was nutshell and not, you know, let's put the X and sex or something. But um <laughs> because <laughs> I ha- have caught myself humming that before at oh, work. It doesn't poor Sun- work too well. Poor Sonny. <laughs> but I uh, love this song. This was uh, exact opposite for me from Rock and Apple. Yeah,
2: this song is, um, yeah, it, Sonny said it great. And, and that, the opening riff, it is, like, just so unbelievably sad. And another song where the instruments all slowly come in, it's got that little bit of a shuffle drum beat, the brushes being used. But the thing that launches this song is, into greatness for me is that that the electric guitar riffs and the solo over the acoustics as as the song kind of progresses into the outro i just think that is just amazing i mean i think it makes the song just really really take off and like we did with blizzard i like lists so this is named the ninth saddest song ever written (laughs) So here we so here we go and I believe it was Rolling Stone. I, here we go with the the top 10 saddest songs ever written. Zeus, you'll know some of the, actually you no know all of them, but number 10 Hank Williams I'm so lonesome Williams. I could cry. Yep. Number 9 Nutshell. Number 8 Sam Aston by John Prine. I don't know that song. Number 7 Black by Pearl Jam. No, this is sadder than that. Number 6 one of Zeus's favorites. He Stopped Loving stopped Her loving Today her by day. George Jones. The greatest country song of all time. Okay. Number five, Something in the Way by Nirvana. I don't think that's necessarily sad. I just think it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Number four, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. That's kind of sad. Number three, I actually think this might be the saddest song ever written. Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Yeah. That song's brutal. And that number two is Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. And then number one. Probably because of the subject matter, is Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. I mean, for God's sake he wrote the song about his kid dying, so that's brutal. So there's your uplifting uh, trivia for Nutshell. Tom, Sonny,
0: the saddest song in the most desperate, pathetic song is All By Myself. That is the most <laughs> depressed song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Right, and
3: oh, that's, the, that's the Peter
0: Brady at his birthday party and yeah. no one's showing up song that plays. Yep,
1: yep.
3: yep. right.
1: Yep. Oh my, God. it's the vocal melody because oh boy, boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like
0: by yeah. myself, by <laughs> myself, got no friends. Come on, that is the worst.
1: Oh.
2: No, I was just gonna say, nutshell, it, it, it it's it's awesome. I think it, it. I think it's a it's a real standout on this album because it kind of encompasses everything that we've been talking about with the background of the album. The instrumentation, the harmony, the vocals, the electric guitar, the acoustic guitar, everything. Great song.
0: Yeah. So, nutshell for me, this opened up Unplugged. And that's why I yeah. think some, you're like, oh, yeah, if this opened up, it would be better. It's a great version. I think Unplugged only had two songs from this album, but regardless, I wish mm-hmm. they had more. I used to not be able to differentiate between when Rotten Apple becomes Nutshell. Okay. Very similar, like you can kind of like Move into, except for the Anana stops, stops And so I never used to be able to tell them that much apart I like Nutshell more Because they didn't have Anana In the, in the middle of it Good vocals, he's got a very Nirvana Like two verses Same words And he's got a country-like way Lane Staley, almost like a Hank Williams way Of carrying a word To make it like last Like mm-hmm. Eddie Vedder does sometimes where it's like a whole friggin verse Is one word Just by the way he does his syllables uh, I love that his voice on this is fantastic But it's also that If you notice more than any It's that Lane Staley Axel Rose It's it's so easy voice Oh uh, yeah uh, Well, We would call it Stonehill The joisty voice uh, <laughs> Another inside joke he was like looked like Rick Astley and he had the deepest baritone voice. He's uh the stupidest thing he ever walked in our cuz he didn't live with us there but he would always hang out with us in Flynn. He'd come over and one time he came hey uh, is uh there any mixers this weekend? We're like Mix. Mixers, because that's what
2: Stonehill called dances. Mixers, <laughs> oh,
0: oh. <laughs> and, and any song like Pearl Jam song or something like this would go like, do <laughs> a joicy voice. <laughs> oh, God, <And> it was. <laughs> I got not tell this story. Oh, <laughs> the don't greatest, do, oh poor sh- joicy! Come on, man, Joycey. I don't know. Actually, he had a few things that would happen to him. He was always a foil to get shit happen to him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was on the couch watching football with everybody literally not bothering anybody sitting down and fucking one of our friends, the late great Todd decided to take a football. Was it a nerf or the, or a hard, regular football?
2: I thought it was right. I, I think it might've been a real one. A
0: regular football. Cause the, like half these guys played football. He's just sitting down for no fucking reason. winds up and fucking guns it on the back of his head. Brutal. Just brutal. Oh my, I'm, he goes like, "What the fuck?" And, and what do all of us do? We
2: laugh, oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> except, ex, except for, except for our buddy Rye guy. And what did, what did he say? Todd,
0: that's out of line. <laughs> and we laughed even
2: more when he said that. <laughs> As if people didn't think we were dicks enough. Now we're telling stories about us firing sporting equipment at our friggin- <laughs> well, the kid. The kid developed ulcers over time.
0: He used to drink a lot with us when he was a freshman. By the time he was like a walking pharmacy, so all you would hear is the squishing of his pills in his pockets. Yeah, he was—he
2: was—he he was like the guy in Seinfeld who walked around with a Tic Tac. So Elaine, he was the Sidler. All <laughs> oh, because of this creepy new guy at work. He just—he just comes out of nowhere and he's right next to you.
3: So he just sidles up.
2: That's right. He's a real Sidler. <laughs> Except it was a bottle of Tylenol instead of Tic Tacs.
0: So our senior year, when we at the end well, before we graduated, we'd go to Cape Cod for the weekend and party. Yeah. We rented a rider truck.
2: Oh God. That's and a we, whole this, this could be a whole episode. We rented a rider truck and we'd put sofas in the rider truck. We turned we and turned the ba- we turned the inside of the rider truck into like a living room. We had so a car- we had a carpet, posters, we had a hammock, a couch. So, people had houses in the Cape, and you'd go to a party to party for like a
0: week. Yep. And everybody's in there. We're like, fucking Joyce, you fucking drive the rider. And then one, one of our friend Lynch, she was like, hey, see, we want to get in the rider and sit in the front with Joyce? We're like, fuck him.
2: <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. We have to do it. We have to do an episode on Stonehill.
0: I just, I don't know why I enjoy telling stories of what What, what kind of dicks we were in. <laughs> The
2: rider truck's if- a good idea, though. It was Absolutely. awesome. Well, because we, because we, we, we because we, we, we're such fucking misfits that all these other people who have brains rented houses. We're like, oh fuck, what are we gonna do? Oh, we'll get a rider truck. We'll turn it into a fucking hotel, and then we stayed at some the frigging some sh- the Snug Harbor Hotel <laughs> where they rented rooms by the where they rented rooms by the hour, and we would show up with the thing, and, and we would park, f- we would park in the parking lot. So the funny thing is
0: we were such fucking misfit and just like troublemakers half the time. We would just sit in the fucking ride car and just drink and party with ourselves instead of like mingling
2: with everybody else. Just fucking out misfits. That's the word. That's the word. See what happened. This is what happens when I pick this album. It's going to be Stonehill centric. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sonny. I'm sorry.
0: Anyways, the one thing I want to end on this is I, I I don't know if I mentioned the outro that I love. Oh yeah. And this is a common theme you'll hear in this album, and I'll mention it. No place to call home. Mm -hmm. Just remember that. I'll keep mentioning that as we go along. And uh, that's it for me on Nutshell. Okay. So, ready uh, to stay away, Tom? Let's do it.
1: I Stay Away, the guitar solo is great. I love the orchestral parts. I, I I love them even more knowing that Jerry wrote them, right? So there's this, I love those artists that are one and all. They can do everything if they want to and they don't need anybody's help because a lot of the times you get exactly what that person is thinking about and looking for and they don't have to count on somebody else. So I uh, love that Jerry did that. That whole yeah, hey, yeah, part of the melody I actually like and I like the dual vocal when it sounds right. It's just the vocal melody is a little whiny. Cause when it gets to like why you ah, crazy, that's when he loses me. Right. That the, all of it was great. And then they ended great ended great, but that one those couple of lines when they do that really that loses me.
0: It's very Aussie like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. The video. I think the video is great. I like the puppet video and Let the Flies Go. They wreak havoc. They come back. He's kind of rubbing it like a, a Dr. Evil Kitty kind of thing. I thought that was great. I, I really liked the video. And and speaking of the video, those puppets are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: Oh, I from didn't the, know that. From the, from the video, yeah. Yeah, the puppets are, but yeah. Allison Chains is not. <laughs> That's a separate route. Settle down, Stuart. We're not going to get into the. We're not going to get into.
0: How is Allison Chains not in the fucking Hall of Fame? I know. I know. Even critics love uh, Allison Chains. It's I, true. I, I, I don't get it. But go ahead.
2: So I stay away. So this song is kind of the song that encapsulates the album for me in terms of the emotion that I have attached to it. The intro. You're gonna have to bear with me here if I get a little corny here, but that's the how the, that's how this album affects me. The beginning of this album. Gives me such unbelievable goosebumps when I hear the, that intro with the guitar, and then the way the strings come in—it seriously, I I, I I don't know what I don't know if it's the timing or whatever. I picture it's like the most hopeful music I've ever heard. It, it uh, like I I imagine like us like the sun rising when I hear this. It's it's just unbelievable, and then all of a sudden it changes on a dime and it becomes. That Allison Chain's drony lane song, and then it kicks back into gear. And there's there's a there's a a, a quote from a critic I want to read that I wish I could I wish these were my words because it's exactly what I what I feel. So this is from All Music. The guy's name is Ned Raggett, and he says the seeming schizophrenia between the massive rock crunch in the gentle acoustic numbers was actually one of Allison Chain's strongest traits. And on the brilliant "I Stay Away." The two impulses fused to create what, on balance, was the band's most uplifting song, sonically, if not always lyrically. And I think this album, this, I mean, this song, it just does such an unbelievable thing to me when I hear it. And there's a reason this song became a hit. Lane's voice, when he's screaming, I stay away, and then in the background, you hear those soaring strings. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this goddamn song. Go ahead, Zeus. I I wrote it down, Tom.
0: This is what they're talking about When Jerry says, I know we write About some dark stuff But our music is kind of uplifting This is uplifting I- I'm going to highlight in in, in in Again, some of the points You made, yep. because I feel the same way The The Jerry, um, not Jerry's. Excuse me, Jerry's um, brilliance. This is Sonny's point first. Brilliance that he came up with the strings. He told what. This is what I wanted to sound. He's a fucking guitar player. How is he picking up on that shit? Okay, he comes in and says, "This is what I want. This is where I want it, and this is how to do." As a composer, it's brilliant. The way Lane's voice, that I stay stay away chorus. Mm. How many people can do that with that much? Power and passion And there's Nothing like somebody like singing that When they sing a song that you can Feel their emotions That's mm-hmm. why certain. I like country music Certain artists that's why I like Alice Chains and there's other singers That really do it for me because You can feel it Eddie Vedder sometimes you can Feel it when he's screaming in the Song porch oh. or, rear- or Rearview mirror yes right Yeah um you can feel it when Lane's singing this, okay? Yep. It's insane. And then the strings come in after he hits the lyrics, Tom. I know what you mean. Yep. The opening to this is us. And this is what I picture, Tom. Tell me if you know what I mean. Go ahead. It's Friday. Classes are ending. It's about six, seven o'clock. Someone's playing this. We're walking to Flint. People going in and out of the bathroom, getting showered, getting ready. Music's playing in the background. We're all getting ready because we're all, we're all going to hang out and drink tonight. And yep. I stay away is playing. It's the fall, and yep. this is when this is happening. That's exactly. how I put it, right? No, it, it's true. It, it, it's true. There's something about music that can put you in a place, just like a photograph, a book, a movie, something about it. This song does it for me. Mm-hmm. And the solo is beautiful, the chorus, the vocals off the charts. It's a haunting song. Uh, Very, yeah. And I'm with Sonny The video is great. It's some, it's got some Tool crazy fucking animation shit going on, and the little mischievous guy fucking with the, you know, the clay guy. You're like, oh, look at this fucking little Eddie Haskell little shit doing all this trouble with the flies. I fucking love this song. The vocals are off the charts. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Allison Chains, and we're gonna call this beautiful. I mean that's yeah. that's really what this song is. Unusual to um, use
2: that word for this band but yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's go to the next song, Tom. No excuses.
1: and finding out that they didn't have any songs going into the studio and this is the first one they wrote i I gotta put wow because the drumming's unique it's pleasing the air i love that the guitar soloing is happening in the background but it's kind of lighter it's got a sing-along chorus the duo vocal works the music's almost like peppy we kind of talked about that a little bit subject matter maybe doesn't match the peppiness but that's okay with me kind of sounds like in the lyrics that Cantrell's kind of talking about his relationship with Staley maybe. And maybe it's like, uh, look, that guy's a pain in the ass, but I love him anyway. And he'll continue to be a pain in the ass. I guess I'll still love him anyway. The video I didn't quite get. It almost seems like there's people coming in the circus tent. They are who they are today, but they don't like it. So they're trying to change into other people. Maybe I didn't quite get the video, but that's not the first or last time I haven't quite got videos. Um, but I love the song. Absolutely love the song.
2: Yeah, as much as I l- praise, I stay away. I would probably multiply that praise by ten for no excuses. You know, a lot. Of, a lot of people talk about having like a desert island disc. This to me is a desert island song, if if such a category even exists. This is one of the few songs. This this may be the ultimate college grunge stonehill song for me and and i i i play it obsessively today in in listening to alice in chains and using the word happy is so unusual but this is one of those few songs a lot of people like oh what what song do you listen to you know to put you in a good mood not a lot of people are going to pick alice and chains but when i hear this song the fact that they wrote such a poppy hat like uplifting song the 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 chorus the the, the solo, the lyrics, it, it, the whole thing together is just such an amazing song. and I love that drumming. I love the way the song starts. Whatever Sean Kinney is doing, you know, with the side sticks, um, you know they incorporated some bongos and some smaller drums to kind of get the sound going. It, it, it's just an amazing song. Sonny mentioned the lyrics about some of the issues that Jerry and Lane may have had with each other. You know, but he says, you know, he'll. I love you anyway. I mean, to you know, for lyrics like that and an Allison Chain song, you're not going to hear that in, in on every album. But th- this is just, just, just a perfect song for me and uh, stand out on this album for sure. Stand out in general for no excuses. I want to take a quick step back on yeah. "I Stay Away." The other lyric
0: that I wanted to mention was. Tra- uh, travel south this year. Yes. and I'm going to get back. This is a certain. Sur- there's, there's a theme that I want to make. So travel south this year. That's from I Stay Away. Now let's get to No Excuses. Um, everything you said, Tom. Maybe I, I will say plus one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I fucking I can't say enough about No Excuses. Yep. It's something that. Why do you like music? I
2: don't know. I, I don't just, know. I just I just do.
0: <laughs> okay. The harmonies are off the charts. Remember I said the third voice? This is the third voice. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking, it, it, it gives me chills. When Tom was talking about what this song means to him, like, I almost got teary-eyed. I was getting, like, emotional listening because that's what this song
2: means to me. That's what this it, album means to me. That's why. It's very few albums hit me the way this album hits me. It's this weird.
0: is, to me, a desert island song as well. Yep. There's something about it. That It's not like Woo-hoo, You know there Nothing but a good time <laughs> But For grunge This is nothing but a good But the lyrics aren't about that And what it is I, I It's not a like a, a dick song or whatever It's a beautiful song It's a lot of this They know that they're not going to last much longer And Jerry is basically writing this Okay And saying now, up until I believe this point, everything was written by Lane. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, I should have mentioned, I usually do this on every song. Oh, that's okay. Everything was written by Lane. No excuses First song written by Jerry. So Jerry writes this song and he's saying to his friend, I'll love you anyways. And if we change, it's okay, buddy. Mm-hmm. We might go separate ways and we might do this and that. I, I still love you. You, my friend, I will defend. You know, yep. that is, that is you know, beautiful So, the bongo-like drums And then that bass riff that picks up oh, all awesome. the acoustic guitars It's like a heavy Beach Boys mamas and papas The, hum- <laughs> yeah. the harmonies It's yeah. like a heavy Beach Boys uh, And then you got Jerry and the Lane distinct voice And Jerry's voice, that third person the video is some weird opera. Sh- Look at that opera house! I don't know what the fuck they're doing. And then the close-up of Lane and Jerry singing coming in. I like that. This is and also the
2: o- this is also the only Alice and Chains song to go number one. Yes, imagine that. <laughs> uh, yeah, mainstream charts number yep. one, right? Yep, yep.
0: So the other part to this is, I-, I there's something about the way that they come up with their harmonies. And this one stays throughout You don't really differentiate Oh, this is Jerry, then Lane Then them two together It is really them all together Throughout the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Yep So this was their uh, single Oh, I Stay Away was also their other single too That they'd done And that went up to number 10 On US Mainstream Uh, No Excuses went to number one and it was also number 32 on the park charts. Amazing. Yeah. Again, when we do these bonus episodes and we come up with albums, I want to, to do this of all the Alice in Chain songs, albums, because songs like this and a couple other ones we'll, we'll, we'll get to. Yep. And I just can't say enough. I love this fucking song. I, I, <laughs> yep. All right, we get it. You like this song. Let's move to the next one, right? <laughs> okay, okay, so let's move to the next track. <laughs>
1: I like it, right? It's soothing kind of feels a little bit like sleep study type music playing in the background or, you know, while you're getting a massage, uh, not a happy ending. I'm talking about actual massage. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming that the loud guitar note is supposed to be the whale and maybe the cello sounding thing or no, it's supposed to be, uh, the wasp and the cello sounding thing, maybe it's supposed to be the whale. So I'm assuming that. Okay. I don't mind an instrumental, but I won't seek it out. I'm like Zeus. You know, Zeus will say, hey, if you got 15 songs that you wrote for the album, just put all 15 songs on. Don't pare it down to 10. My thing is, okay, you wrote this beautiful piece. I get it. Maybe you can come up with harmonies, whatever. I want lyrics. I want vocal melody. I'm just not in love with instrumentals. It's a good one. I won't ever seek it out. I won't turn it off either. And it was beautiful. There's no doubt about that. I just rather have vocal melody on every song, good or bad. The fact that this is an Alice in Chains track
2: is mind-numbing because as far as instrumentals go, this is literally one of the most beautiful pieces of music. And the fact that it came from Alice in Chains is amazing. The fact that you, it starts off with that kind of that droning, like that dive tone, and then those strings come in, and, 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 and then you hear the other the other melody, the chordal pattern. There are parts of this music that, again, I, I, am a visual person. When I listen to music, there are parts of this where I'm like, I could picture, th- if you've ever been to a wedding before, it's almost like music that you play in the background before, like the, the, before, you know, the people start coming down the aisle, you know, as they're seating, like, like yeah. the, the orchestration is so melodic in, in, it's a pretty song. And, and, and I think the name of the song, Sonny kind of hinted at it. I think, you know, a whale is so is beautiful and majestic, and a wasp is something that's terrifying and people want to avoid. And I think that's where the 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 kind of the juxtaposition of those two kinds of sounds come together. And I think that's why they named it this, because it makes you feel that way. It's it's kind of almost what what happened with I Stay Away. You have that hopeful section, then you have that really like like dirgy section of Lane's voices of his voice. Um, but as far as instrumentals go, I love it. I mean, I see what Sonny's saying, beautiful piece of music, throw some lyrics in it. Maybe this was one where they just wanted to say, "Hey, we love this piece of music. We'll just let it fly on its own." But I- I'm a fan of this one for for absolutely
0: sure. I hate fucking instrumentals. That's been my motto. That's my theme. I love this one. Yep. There's only two instrumentals I will tell that I can think of off the top of my head. I will tell people to go listen to, go listen to this, and go listen to Daisy from. From uh, Stone Temple Pilots uh, Vatican CD Unbelievably beautiful Melody oh my god it's gorgeous This continues The melancholy continues Now I'm crossing the path back Into from O'Hara Hall Tom back to the dorms yes. That's what I think of when I think <laughs> of this Song yep all right yep yep I have a different approach I thought The I thought that's a whale that's okay. the whale singing in the ocean could be and then the, mm, is a wasp f- fucking flying around that's okay. how i took it and you're right that the wasp part of it from what i think is the wasp part does sound like okay hey uh zeus you put the the bride side of the family on that yes side, mom, you get the groom side that's what that sounds like exactly I, it, re- it really yeah. does like orchestral like church music and stuff right yes I, I, yes with you on it yep. I, I love the title very creative continues the mood and it's just that melancholy beautiful strings attached to the guitar it's just to think of this shit that's why i still follow Allison chains and that that's why i don't sit there and say ah you know i don't know i don't want why why are they putting out music if lane's gone because Jerry Cantrell can still do shit like this, and can still sing some of the best fucking songs they have. Mm-hmm. That's why. So yep. I love it. I, I I'm a big fan of this. And I and I you know me. I fucking hate instrumentals. Yep. But let's move to the next song.
1: Hey. Don't follow. So that whole, I remember hearing it, uh, back in the day when I first bought it and I liked the song then. So listen to it three weeks ago. I'm like, all right, it's got the blues feel. I'm like, okay, that was a harmonica. All right. Like the vocal melody. That's cool. Hooked me at two and a half minutes in when it starts getting aggressive. I'm like, oh, okay. This is the Alice I love. Right. And the vocal melody gets aggressive and the feel, feel the song really connected with me and i could imagine as you guys know i I haven't drank in 13 years if i was still drinking i could imagine me being on the porch and like jack in one hand and in between slugs like singing this at the top of my lungs for some reason um and i don't know why but i'd be like take me home take me home it's like shut the fuck up you're already home get inside your home you dumbass." <laughs> um like at 2 a.m. you know, and, uh so this one, I'll uh, spoiler alert, I didn't think it was the best song in the CD, but it definitely did connect with me the best. Yeah, it it's I mean we keep we keep saying it, but
2: I mean one of the most beautiful songs to, to and the fact that it's Allison Chains, I keep saying it. I mean, that opening little picking with the with the guitar and you know, and with Jerry Cantrell doing the lead. And the harmonica, and then the song stops, you know, and, and then you, then you're introduced to, to Lane and, and then the song just takes off and it's just the composition of the song is just mind blowing. It's, it's, it's so well put together and it evokes such emotion from different ways. And like the fact that Sonny is getting hooked into the emotions of an Alice in Chains song shows you that, you know, there's a reason why this song is, is still popular. You still hear it sometimes on alternative rock radio. I know lithium on Sirius XM, the nineties grunge. They play this all the time for the, for reasons that they should. It's just a, a, a beautiful song. It, it, it's sad. It's very, very sad, but they, 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 a lot of these songs, they fool you because the lyrics are sad, but the music is not. And it, it, again, it's that cross breed of emotions that you're hearing Your, your ears are, are hearing two different things You're hearing sad lyrics, but uplifting and hopeful music And I think it just adds to the genius of the album This was written by Jerry Cantrell
0: So this went to number 25 on the mainstream charts The third single that they did I can't say enough about this one as well First of all, the big thing that sticks out too Is that incredible harmonica by mm-hmm. a guy named david atkinson i i i can't remember like like who's the fat guy from fucking uh blues traveler but i'm like whoever's on this is doing an incredible job they did have uh i think the the people are april asavis on viola rebecca clemens smith on violin matthew weiss on violin and justine foy on violoncello. A couple additional vocalists, Randy Byro and Daryl Peters, just to throw it out. And then obviously, David um, Atkinson on Harmonica. Fucking brilliant job on this. Hey, I ain't never coming home. Yep. Take me home. The handoff, it's like a baton. Beautiful. The handoff between Jerry to Lane is the stuff that gives me chills. Mm Mm-hmm. The lyrics. So if I was ever a drug addict and a heroin addict <laughs> on my last thing, I would write this song. <laughs> yeah, pretty this much. Is what I think of of a degenerate. If I'm like playing a part in a movie, and they're like, Okay, we need you to be a guy that's desperate down on his luck, heroin addict. This is what I'd be like. I need to get into character. Yep. Pretty the cool. lyrics on this are so fucking haunting. Brilliant, brilliant, and that's why. As much as I love Lane Staley's voice, I love Jerry Cantrell stuff. I find that my favorite songs by Alice in Chains are Jerry stuff and Jerry vocals. They are. They just are. Like this, uh, and in the previous one that we just discussed, I, I can't describe to you guys because we'll get to the because I don't want to give it away how much I love this song. It is the quintessential, I think, grunge, fucking, drug addict, fucking shit song about emotions and pouring your heart out. It's just incredible. And Jerry is brilliant for writing the music and the lyrics to this. And the performance by him and Lane are off the charts. They never sang this live, which I do
2: not fucking understand. Yeah, unbelievable unbelievable and, and and the way the song stops and the last lyric is say goodbye don't follow oh it, haunting it, chill yeah it's it, it's chills it's chill we say if we've been saying it for pretty much every song but this one is my god there's a reason this album is the album that it is i mean it it, it, it deserves it but but yeah no, that that's don't follow all
0: right so tom i keep saying tom but you know there's another person here too But I usually, yeah. So Sonny, swing on this.
1: Okay, so this might not be a popular take, but uh, the album kind of started rough, and to me it ended rough. Because I get it, it's kind of a unique song for grunge, but somehow Alice can make a fun song depressing. And I kind of like the blues type swing, but the melody is way too whiny for me. You hand this to a Brian Setzer or a Billy Joel, you probably get a lot funner song. I would have rather had Don't Follow uh and the album because um this kind of stuck out as a kind of a thud for me
2: yeah there's a song that needs to be every album has to have a song that's not the best or if you want to call it the worst this song it, it, it it's alice in chains it's on jar of flies so i like it but it clearly is uh it's not a very it's not a strong track if i can put it kindly i like how it starts out it's an interesting song and then it kind of switches again. Like we've said in a couple of those other songs where it gets that, like that, that droney lane, Staley, Allison chain sound. And then it kind of goes back to that little swingy blues vibe. So there's something in there. It, it, it's a cool song. I, I I feel like it maybe could have been worked on a little bit more to, to, because I think there's something really awesome in there. It's okay. But I, I, I think with Sonny's right. I, I, I don't, I don't like when albums land with a thud. um, and I don't think the song should not be on the album. I just think it shouldn't be the closing track.
0: Yeah, I like the idea, Tom, uh, of Sonny, I think, that said, end it with say goodbye, don't fall. But that'd be exactly. a real depressing thing. You yep. leave people with, like, go kill yourself. Like, yep.
2: All
0: right, yep. Let's put something fun on there. This song was so fun, you got the producer laughing the whole time at the end. And he's yes. like, it sounds pretty fucking good. I'm laughing. It's like, that's tight as shit. What are you talking about? Yep, That's the spoken stuff at the end. The thing I wanted to add is that this is Lane back to writing the lyrics. So this is written by Lane. A lot of bass. It's almost jazz like boom, doom, ba-doom, boom, yeah. boom. And I went biddly, biddly. <laughs> <laughs> now i got to put that <laughs> in there. I say it. Slapping on the old bass. <laughs> and that's how we came up with swing on this i looked over at jerry and he was going flibbly flibbly
3: <laughs> you know people want to know about yesterday it's no mystery really you know i was just doing my job you know plunking on the plunker like that you know i was strumming a little skiddly widdly, feeling a bit flu flu inside you know rumbly mumbly down in there i had a big of a
2: knocker block i started with the flub dub dub and a tinkering woo woo and tipped up as as I'm saying on you know and there you have it yester dibble
0: you guys,
1: <laughs> you guys reminded me of something. So, Tone and I, okay, we started college together. It took us a long time. But <laughs> well, we had a music appreciation class together. Oh, oh no! And dude, every time, so part of the uh, part of the class was he would spin a song, right, yeah. and then you'd kind of give your take on it. I think most of the songs, basically, we said sucked. <laughs> but uh, any time, like a stand-up bass would be on the track. <laughs> right the professor would be all boom, boom 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 right start doing the thing right as if the hi-hat comes he's like, we <laughs> were laughing more about that than we were about the song.
0: <laughs> I know what you're talking about I think of the cartoons Tom and Jerry
2: and Jerry slapping on the old bass oh, Do- yeah. or, or, or j- no, Jerry would pull one of Tom's whiskers and that would be the bass that he would play <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, a swing on this is. Um, yep. I'm with Sonny on this. You know, the, it's just brilliance in the middle of this sandwich. Uh, I wouldn't call it a shit sandwich <laughs> a la Tony Smith. But again, mother, father, sister. So my friend said, come home. Yep. How many times have I said that? A lot of times. Right? Seven yeah. about home. Mm-hmm. So it's that melancholy. Maybe it's because they came home. And they're all fucking evicted and they're living in the <laughs> thing <laughs> Right Right. Yeah. So uh, it's a, there's a feeling of Loss there of not being At home or not being to able You know to tr- you know traveling And not being at your place Where you can just feel yourself I, Right uh, and that's the running Theme I wanted to bring up But I'm with you guys eh, Not very good you know mm-hmm. So anyway Wow wow, That's it <sighs> Jar
2: of flies, that, well, it's, that's what happens when you do an EP Yeah, two hours <laughs> Yeah, I know, that's true That's true Um, So, what do we do next? Oh, we get to the good stuff The rankings Oh boy, oh
0: boy oh And boy. it was big It's a big one Alright, so I have uh, Tom, you're going to go first So we have seven tracks So that- we're going to go Tom sunny than me okay okay so tom your number seven seven is swing on
1: this sunny my number, my number seven is rotten apple oh, I'm sorry <sighs> how dare you unlistenable i'm sorry
2: unlistenable oh,
1: unlistenable god
0: uh tom my number seven is rotten apple you guys are really yeah. You
1: guys
2: are awful. Yep, yep. Tom, number six for you. Okay, so numbers. So swing on this was a definite seven. My number one is a definite. The rest of the album, well, maybe not the rest of the album, but I like this. But it's, something's got to be number six, and that's whale and wasp. I, even though I love it, but that's number, my number six.
1: My S- number six is swing on this.
0: Oh, Sonny. Number six, swing
2: on this. Why don't you fucking both swing on this? (laughs) All right. Number five is Rotten Apple. I love the beginning of that song, but there's a couple things I'm not a huge fan. How
0: are we that off? We're very similar. We're not that off, I'm saying. I know, that's true. There
2: there, there is only seven songs on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sonny, you're number five. I Stay Away. (gasps) Oh! It's that whiny in the middle I can't handle it That's, that's bad, bad, Sonny That's, that's uh, a bad call.
0: Number five for me And this one
1: was very easy for me Nutshell
2: Okay, uh, that's my number four Number four is Nutshell
1: Number four for me is Whale and Wasp
2: Oh, wow, Sonny having an instrumental ranked Alright, so for me
0: I want to make a point to say Four and on is why I would have put this song, album I would have done this album
2: yeah, I agree. I yep.
0: like four and on. I am for me is just whatever. So
2: In- interchangeable, I, not interchangeable, but like songs that I really love. Okay. Yes. Whale and wasp. Okay. okay, that was your four. Yep. Okay, so number
1: three for me is "Don't Follow." Number three for me is "Nutshell." Number
0: three for me is. I stay away. And and now I could say top three is off the charts for me too, Tom. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One and two for me, these are like one, a one B. Um, but something had to be one, something had to be two. And number two for me is I stay away.
1: Number two for me
2: is don't follow. I had such a
0: hard time picking between number one and number two. I did too. I changed this. And these songs when we talk about what we're going to do next week, next month, which will be very interesting, you'll see how much I have affinity for these two songs. So I started off with one thing. My number two was number one, but then I'm like, I got to change it, and I'll explain to you when I give it to my number more. But number two for
2: me is "Don't Follow." Wow, I almost guaranteed that would be your number one. Okay, uh, so number one for me. No excuses. All three of us had the same number one. No shit. Nice. Awesome. I want to add something. Definitely. So the Go ahead. I
0: was going back and forth. In this is like uh, don't follow. Is like a quintessential like grunge. And I talked to you about like the despair and mm-hmm. drugs and era stuff. But I need to be somewhere. At a point, it probably affects me more. Then no excuses But I, I, I can't do Don't follow when I'm like driving in the car And my kid driving her to fucking Practice in, for cheer Right right. No excuses will Hit me emotionally mm-hmm. Anytime I never change that I can listen to it when I'm in a bad mood Great mood, any mood Fucking puts a smile on my face Like no other song And for that reason alone, I'm like, I, you know what? Although don't follow may touch me more a little at certain points, I got to put no excuses number one.
1: Yep. Okay. I hear you. So collectively, our number three was I Stay Away, two was Don't Follow, one was No Excuses. And those are my, those are are our top three songs. Granted, there's
0: only seven, but, (laughs) but so then it's my fucking thing. I picked it correctly. So, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, we didn't need to do the episode. I could have just told you these are the three best songs. That's a good point. You're right.
2: (laughs) So now let's get to the good stuff. (laughs) Turn the page, get to the good stuff.
1: Oh, good Lord. (laughs) All right. So
0: we're doing album covers. Yes. We have reviewed Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz Jar Flies. Tom, your order is this. Blizzard of Oz, peace of mind, appetite for destruction, pyromania, slide it in, super unknown, Bon Jovi, load, OU812. Where does this song album go? All right.
2: So we've ranked some out. Al- we've ranked the albums with that have some pretty awesome, iconic covers. This cover is it's cool, it's interesting, but it's 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 it is what it is. So I am going to put it right behind slide it in and above super unknown. Um, I like it, but, you know, slide it in has a snake going down in between a woman's breasts. I, I, I don't understand how slide it in is only number five. I know. Did I just say breasts? This is <laughs> shouted out loud cast. It had a snake going through a pair of tits. <laughs> is this some kind of bust?
1: Well, it's very impressive, yes, but we need to ask you a few questions.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Sonny. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I to, to cut you off. I right was on. just gonna. Say, I was just gonna say. That being said, the the colors of the like it, it, it's a standout cover for me, but it just it's not better than those that I have on the list. So, okay, Sonny,
0: you had Peace of Mind, Slided In, Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction, Bon Jovi. Super Unknown OU812 load.
1: Yeah, for me, a snake in the titties is going to win. So um, <laughs> I actually like the Super Unknown cover even better. So this ended up being right before OU812 in the eighth spot. Okay. Okay.
3: Jar of flies.
0: All right. For me, I had Blizzard of Oz, Appetite for Destruction, Peace of mind, slide it in, Pyromania, Super Unknown, OU812, Bon Jovi, and Load. I put Jar Flies above Super Unknown. So this is my number six, just like you, Tom. Okay. I I, I like, I I mean, first of all, I'm not going to put OU812 or Bon Jovi's a load, and it's better than Super Unknown. And I like the fact that there's a story behind the album cover. Yes. I do like that. Me too. But. The problem is Pyromania Is just so iconic for me Slide mm-hmm. it in is cool Peace of mind is cool Appetite is cool And Blizzard of Oz is, is cool And they're all nostalgic for me So they gotta go that way yep. Let's do the album rankings Holy shit mm-hmm. This is gonna be fun mm-hmm. So Tom you're first I will read your albums as you rank them Pyromania Appetite for Destruction Blizzard of Oz Super Unknown Load, Slide It In, OU812, Bon Jovi, and Peace of Mind.
2: Where does Jar of Flies go in? Okay. So the thing about this album here, I said at the beginning, it's not just the music. A lot of these albums, it's the music. I mean, yes, there's there's some affinity and some nostalgia and certain things, uh, especially Pyromania. It's probably the album that I've loved the longest non-kiss that's why Pyromania is number one. There might be albums on this list that maybe I maybe the music's better, but when you when I take this album as a whole, and as much as I, I love the music, just just the music, I love. But when you add what the album means to me and where I was in my life at the time and how it makes me feel, I'm going to put this at number two, right behind Pyromania. Wow! Yeah, I. I don't. I don't. And, and and let me be clear on that because yes, Appetite may be a better album. The, the the songs might be. It's a different album, but I don't really have. Nothing connects me to Appetite other than I love the album. Like when I listen to you know Rocket Queen or Night Train, like these songs fucking kick ass. But the song is. I listen to the song and then I move on. When I listen to every song on Jar of Flies, it 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 gives me something extra other than just enjoying the music. And it's probably the only album on this list. And that's why I don't think anything's ever going to knock Pyromania off here because that album is such a huge part of my life, but I'm going to give jar flies. That doesn't mean that I don't love appetite and blizzard and all the other albums. It's just what it means to me. Just gives it that bump to number two. Sonny, you had slide it in appetite
0: Pyromania peace of mind. Bon Jovi, OU812, Blizzard of Oz,
1: Super Unknown, Load. So for me, seven songs. I really like three of them. Two are meh for me, and two I will never listen to again. So it ends up being ninth on my list right before load. Wow. And I don't have the connections to it. Okay. Wow, load still the cellar dweller for you. Okay. Yeah. And for okay. me, slide it in is going to be hard to beat because There's only a few albums I like better than Slide It In, and it's possible we never do those. So,
0: okay, good. All right. So, for me, I had Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Slide It In, Peace of Mind, Load, and OU812. I did my tracks, I did my cover, I did everything. I didn't do this. I still haven't done it because I'm still thinking to the last minute. Where the fuck do I put this? Yep. I'm like you, Tom. I don't know. It's it's going to go somewhere above appetite or below appetite. I don't know. I know I have more of an affinity for it um, because of the nostalgia behind it. But I'll be honest with you. Appetite. I got in on an appetite before any of my friends did. I blasted it. I knew this like, so I do. I would put that ahead of it. I'm gonna go with Jar of Flies going to number four. Okay, that's right above Bon Jovi. Uh, And 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 again,
2: I think Appetite is a better all around album. It probably is, and I I don't disagree with you on that. I don't. But like I said, the, the the everything, all the all the abstract stuff is what launched Jar of Flies for me to to number two. Exactly. Um, So that
0: goes to number four for me Okay, And that is Jar of Flies Yes Now before we go to You you make me rock hard segment I want to make a point So we've done 10 albums Mm -hmm. So just like we've done on the Kiss uh, Our regular podcast You know that we rarely do Tom um, (laughs) When we hit the 10 albums We did the 10 We did an album review review we're going to do that for next month. So there's your surprise, people. Nice. Album review, review. We've done our 10 albums. We're going to discuss them, break them down, and then we're going to do the tracks of all 10
2: albums. That is, I know you guys have already done that. I have not because I wanted to do this episode and have this stuff ranked, and I'm going to sit down and put that together, and that's going to be a pain in the ass. I'm actually kind of avoiding it because I, I'm I'm afraid to do it.
0: Yeah, I've done it uh, I need Sonny has done it But he has to give me his Jar of Flies uh, mm-hmm. Stuff And every time, once in a while, when I'm bored I look at it and I move things up and down It's 105 songs, Tom
2: Yes, yep So It's going to be yeah,
0: tough Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun And after we do the episode We'll probably do a, a live cast About the 10 albums That we reviewed so far Yep. And then following
2: that Sonny will be up in the rotation. Yep. Sunny will be. Yeah. So we'll do the 10, the review review in October. Sonny will have his November pick. Zeus will bring home uh, 2020 in December. Yeah. So sounds like uh, we got Saxon on our upcoming for Sunny. Oh God.
1: Yeah. There you go. It's <laughs> going to be Saxon slash Halloween greatest hits. So basically one song. <laughs> oh,
2: Jesus.
1: <laughs> we
0: we're yeah. doing sabotage hall of the mountain King.
2: But I I like how we don't tell people what we're doing on the air. They just have to sit and wait. When and, yeah. and, and I like I also like how we don't we don't tease these bonus episodes. They just come out. So yeah, I, I, I'm joking. By the way, people, we're
0: not doing fucking sabotage, Halloween, or fucking
2: Saxon. That's not you know, happening. And you I know what's funny? You, so. you know what's funny, Zeus? There might be people be like, "Oh fuck, I, I was so excited. I thought we were finally gonna get Keeper of the Seven Keys by Halloween." <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever the fuck the name of that album is, I, I know
0: fucking Sonny's buddy Jericho would love that. He loves Halloween.
2: <laughs> oh god!
0: And our buddy uh, Steve Wright loves that shit. Oh,
2: I will say it's a cool band name and a cool logo. That's about. It. And they have cool album covers, but that's about it. That's a lot, but it's a
0: lot of sorcery and dungeons and dragons. Oh,
2: brutal, brutal shit, <laughs> brutal shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask. Any Halloween song. Or Sebastian doing <laughs> "Oh Sherry? <laughs> oh Sherry along with Steve Perry. That was... I'll take any Halloween song.
2: Why did he do who told him, hey Sebastian, you should do that? The... I, I mean, what's worse? That or Paul Stanley with his art reviews? Uh, 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 what's happening to all these guys? Oh uh, uh, brutal. All right before this becomes a 5 hour episode. Yeah, plus we plus do- we got to get going the Patriots are kicking off soon. It's Sunday at 12:30. <laughs> I'm
1: forecasting at least one pick six by Cam Newton so you can put that down. Shut yeah. your mouth.
2: So,
0: what are we uh who's going first? This is the you make me rock hard segment.
2: All right, I'll go first. Uh oh, Sunday, you want to go? I'll go first. All right. So um, as Brian from The Breakfast Club gets made fun of, <laughs> it's such fun to read. So I did a book this this time around, and it's uh it, it's connected to the album that I picked. So it's a book called Everybody Loves Our Town an Oral History of Grunge. The book is about 550 pages long, it's a huge fat paperback. And it's an oral history style book. If you I don't know if you've ever read a book that's written in the oral history format, what it is is instead of just a narrative, you know, like a like a story, the the the, the chapters are broken down. There's each chapter has like a topic in the era of grunge. And then the chapters are told by little paragraph interview bits up from from people. Yeah, Greg Prado's book. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yep, yep. Yep. So, like, you have, like, this right here, like, chapter 14, the first paragraph, Kim Thale from Song Garden, you know, then there's a paragraph by the album producer, then there's a paragraph about, you know, like, you know, Chris Cornell, and that's how the story is told, so it makes it a really easy read, and if you're a fan of grunge, and we hope you are, because we just did Alice in Chains, um, it's a great book, it's called Everybody Loves Our Town, An Oral History of Grunge, and it's written by Mark Yarm, Y-A-R-M, great, great book. Cool, cool. Yep.
0: I'll look it up.
1: I went with an album this time. It's an album called can't slow down by foreigner. So it was released in 2009. It's their ninth album and no Lou Graham's not on it, but guys, you have to give it a shot because Kelly Hansen has done a great job in foreigner. So if you're not giving the guy a shot, you're missing out. Um, this, they had released an album in 1994. So this was the first album, like 15 years. It was available only at Walmart for a while, but now you can find it on Spotify. And it's got Kelly Hansen on lead vocals, Mick Jones, who's the only original left on guitar, Tom Kimball on guitars, Michael Bluestein on keyboards, Jeff Pilson of Doc and Fame on bass guitar, oh, wow. and Brian Titchy, who's been on basically oh, everything, on drums. He, he's awesome. And I'll tell you the three songs, if you don't want to go check out the whole album again, it's called Can't Slow Down. The title track is classic Foreigner, and it starts the album. So immediately you go, all right, they ain't missing Lou that bad. And then if you go to When It Comes to Love, it's got that I want to know what love is kind of vibe, but it's a little bit of a faster tempo. And then there's this awesome chartable song called Angel Tonight, which is probably more like a ballad. But those three songs, Can't Slow Down, When It Comes to Love, Angel Tonight, you try those three songs, you'll fall in love with the album, promise you. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Kelly really Hansen. Cool. Now, now
2: it's funny when you said can't slow down, I was excited. I'm like, oh, Sonny's gonna talk about the Lionel Richie album. We all love, love Lionel Richie. I love yeah. that. like yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm like, is Sonny really gonna talk about Lionel Ritchie? And then you said foreign. I'm like, all right, I like Foreigner too, but uh, <laughs> no, that's great. I'll check it out. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kelly Hansen. I was saying before you jumped all over it. Isn't that the guy that was in the band Hurricane? Yeah i thought so right he had that they had that one song i'm Um, on to you yes
1: they did cooper's 18
2: okay oh okay yeah nice all right
0: there was something about him in the news i read at one point i don't know what he had It's some sort of issue or whatever but regardless is there anybody original in that band foreigner when this came
1: out uh when this came out mick jones was still in the band and what's happening now is if they record something of course mick will be there but when they tour I think Mick makes it to, like, one or two shows a week.
0: Okay, so did Mick write any of these songs? Or oh, yeah, anything?
1: absolutely. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, so they yeah. do have a foreigner theme. It's not fucking the guy from Dock and the guy from Hurricane, five other no. people calling themselves foreigner.
1: No, 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 no. This has this has foreigner-type classic songs on it. The problem okay. is it's not Lou Graham. So people are like, well, nobody compares to Lou Graham. I don't disagree. I think the Lou Graham's of the world, the Steve Perrys of the world, the Robert Plants of the world. There's just some people you can't you can't duplicate. Right. But nobody's asking him to be Lou Graham. He's doing his own thing, and he sounds great. Good. Nice. Okay, cool. All right.
0: So my, my um, You Make Me Rock Hard is uh, something you guys are probably very familiar with, and I'll have to dig up some clips,
2: and that is Cobra Kai. Oh, don't spoil it. I haven't watched it yet okay so, none of the seasons no no wow. because because all of it just recently dropped on netflix i think before it was on youtube red or whatever so anyway zeus go ahead i haven't watched yet my <laughs> wife and i gotta finish it
0: <laughs> so cobra kai is the continuation of the story of from the karate kid and it gives the perspective basically from both sides instead of just the daniel son side and i think the show came up with it, whoever came up with the idea came up with it because of that fucking viral youtube video when danielson was changed around and was the bully and johnny was the good guy
1: the karate kid is the story of
0: daniel a violent sociopath who moves to a california town and begins tormenting a local boy and his friends and someone said yeah why don't we do it it's kind of like wicked in the wizard of oz of a also now you're seeing it from the other side and you, they spin it and uh, we've been quoting Karate Kid stuff all through growing up. Show me Sanda Flora. Uh, show me a like. to side to side. And we've Night, been doing nice that- car, Mrs. LaRusso. Hi, kids. <laughs> hey, Bobby, can Daniel go for a ride? I really like your car, Mrs. LaRusso. <laughs> I hate this stupid bike. First of all, so I watched the series because I watched it now because it went on Netflix. I didn't watch it when it was on fucking. I'm not getting 15,000 different subscriptions and yeah, right. adding YouTube. So now that it went on, I watched it with my daughter. um Some parts maybe I shouldn't have, but. You know it's got some adult stuff A little not too much no nudity or anything But the show is excellent Every episode had a fun Part to it. it's 10 episodes a season So many nostalgic So many callbacks to things It didn't just like try to do something Different it's not a fucking 90210 Reboot where they Hook you in from something in the beginning to bring up the old cast and then They fucking throw them away and there's new people You don't like This is all them and it stays with them. Great acting. Great drama throughout. Every episode is different. Even the new people that they bring in are interesting. And I fucking loved it. I watched it both. We, Me and my daughter zoomed through that shit so fast. And then we watched the original Karate Kid together. Because she wanted to see that too. And it, it's it's great. But the one thing I got to pick up is a couple quick things. Karate Kid the original. Dude, he deserved to get his ass kicked
2: Oh, now you've been brainwashed
0: First of all, he looks like the biggest Dork Look at his pants Throughout the whole fucking movie He has the fucking worst floods I've ever fucking seen in my life and those awful Nikes And he's supposed to be like a cool kid That came from New Jersey He probably got his ass kicked Every day in New Jersey Dressing like that He And he's such a Like a dork like and his girlfriend his girlfriend's a little bit fat in the ass you what? i'm a little fat in the ass in, what? The, in the movie she weighs like fucking double she's like double his size i don't when know they about that when dude, they walk, you are, dude you are shitting on elizabeth shoe oh, i like crush. I, I i listen i like elizabeth shoe too i think she's cute Maybe I'm over exaggerating me, but she's a little bit fat in the ass in this. She is not what you would call a thin girl in this. She's a she's a little bit plumpy, cute, and look at them when they walk side by side. She looks like she could eat him. He looks oh like God. a thin rail and his dorky pants and his dorky floods. He should have got his ass kicked,
2: dude. I think the bigger problem than his floods and his overweight girlfriend. Is is the is the fact is is the fact that his best friend is an eighty year old Korean man who lives in a fucking shed? He's not Korean. He's Japan Japanese. (laughs) I'm sorry. Whatever the whatever. Local
0: busybody, karate master, and child batterer, Mr. Miyagi.
2: I thought, oh well, yeah, he is Japanese. I thought he was taught, All right, yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's good. Move to a new city and 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 have your best friend be an old Japanese guy that lives in the friggin' tool shed of the apartment okay. complex like you live is
0: in. Is it is it bad that when we watch Karate Kid and it's supposed to be a touching scene, he turns to Miyagi and says, "You're the best
3: friend I ever had." Are you pretty okay to?
0: You're my best friend. I stopped laughing in front of
2: my daughter. I was no. laughing out loud. Like you what a fucking door. Well, uh. so you just told a story about how you laughed at one of our friends getting a football fired at his head. So <laughs> well, you're going to go, lie. You, you stood up for him too, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. You're my best friend. I, uh, Zeus, what did you say earlier uh, Before the, uh, oh, this ta- what I said uh, bonsai tree Strong, root, strong Like you, Daniel-san <laughs> No, but this, see the fact that we're having fun Right now, talking about Karate Kid for five minutes This could lend some Credence to our theory about doing Bonus re- episodes of Movie reviews, reviews. Oh. <laughs> oh. JC Penny, 398 Hey, what kind of belt do you have?
3: Canvas You like J.C. Penney, (laughs) three ninety-eight.
2: God, oh my God, oh poor Daniel. Come on,
0: he had he had this. He had. I woke up with a picture of him in his pants, walking side by side with Elizabeth Shue in that movie. She looks like double his size, and I'm not. I'm not saying because she was
2: fat, but he looked like he looked like a pipsqueak. He had no chance, though. He had. He was riding Pandemic Paul's mountain bike, and all the cool kids had fucking dirt bikes. He had no shot.
1: Yeah, wait till you watch Cobra Kai, though. You won't feel bad for daniel son anymore. I know.
2: Well, yeah. it's funny because my, my 16-year-old son has a T-shirt, and it's a picture of Johnny and the Cobra Kai, and underneath it it says, hashtag justice for Johnny. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> when he went down the fucking hill, I was laughing.
2: <laughs> oh, God. It was real funny. They pushed me down a fucking cliff. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give him credit for this though. He did have a friggin' kick-ass Halloween costume when he went as a fucking shower. Oh, you go to
0: you go to party if I make a costume?
2: Oh God. Oh, man.
0: Oh, heart. So we uh Sonny, uh, I think you do a podcast or two.
1: Yeah, uh, Grown Up Rock podcast. We've been around a while, um, and you can find it wherever you find this podcast. And uh, Podcast Rock City, we're going to start doing a video. So I think we start that tonight, so it should be fun. Awesome.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. So shout it out loudcast. Where if you're listening to this bonus episode for the first time, we are an all kiss podcast that does weekly episodes that drop on Saturdays. We do these bonus episodes once a month. Uh, our email address is shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast, gmail.com. Email us comments, critiques, opinions, thoughts. We like to read them and talk about them. And then our, we're on all the social medias Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We interact all the time. You
0: know what I'm interrupting you guys with And I'm saying this live (laughs) to people This is fucking big brother shit What was your fucking pick Tom?
2: Everybody Loves Our Town, Oral History of Grunge What did I just get? You got an email from Amazon talking about The book, how is that possible? Literally I just got an email
0: Everybody Loves Our Town An oral And it stops, like that's what I just got
2: So people won't so if people don't think your phone is literally listening to you, how is that possible? That's actually kind of got
0: this email from Amazon as we're like taping now,
2: dude. That's what fucking the fuck. Yeah, that's that's actually really creepy. That's fucking
0: insane. Actually, maybe it's because of all the Alice in Chains shit I've been reviewing lately on my phone. But
2: I just, just said the to... i I just said the name of the book, and then you get an email. anyways where do people find us tom <laughs> so so like i said email and then we're on all the social medias and then we're part of the great pantheon podcast group you can find our show everywhere you know all the big ones apple uh, spotify wherever and then yeah and then uh the, our great friend ed who designed our show logo he's got a great website called click t shop click with a k sells uh awesome kiss inspired gear and he sells uh shout it out Loudcast gear featuring the uh the logo that he designed
0: thank you tom So, uh, you got a lyric for us, buddy?
1: Oh, boy. My, I, I, I. Oh, God. Gift of self is raped. My, I, (sighs) I, I. (laughs) Privacy is raped. And yet I find, and yet I find, repeating in my head, if I can't be my own, I'd feel better dead. Oh, well, that's a really uplifting... Well, at least
2: my lyric is a little bit happier. Yeah, it's fine. We'll walk down the line. Leave our rain and cold. Trade for warm sunshine. You, my friend, I will defend. And if we change, well, I love you anyway. Brilliant. Scared to
0: death, no reason why. Do whatever to get me by. Think about the things I've said. Read the
2: page. It's cold and dead. See, we should have done my lyric last because I end with I love you anyway. And you guys are talking about dead. But it is Allison in Chains, so it makes sense. Oh, wow. Uh, Tom, thank you. Uh,
0: Sonny, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you.
2: Guys, thank you. Great. Uh, happy to do my album, my pick. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you didn't, let us know. If you did, let us know. Sonny, Zeus, as always, thanks. Always a great time.
1: Yeah, great being here, and uh, look forward to uh, Pretty Boy Floyd in a couple of months.
0: Well- <laughs> hey, Last thing before we go. Last thing before we go. Go ahead. Football's about to start. Got a favorite?
2: Yeah, the Pats. To win it? Oh, to win the whole Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh god! Unless something changes, it's got to be the Chiefs again. I don't see how anybody's going to
1: knock off the Chiefs. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I will tell you, the Super Bowl is going to be Pittsburgh, New Orleans, with a New Orleans taking it.
0: Ooh, Pittsburgh. no joke, no joke. I had the Saints too.
2: Yeah, I could see the sa- I could see the Saints represent the NFC. But I just think unless if if Mahomes stays healthy, it's gonna be tough to beat the Chiefs. The team, yeah, the, the, re- the only
0: reason, the only reason I I don't it's because it's difficult to win again. That's yeah. the only
2: reason. But I would probably say the Chiefs should win it. But I just know it's difficult to repeat. And guys, and, do, and, and don't yeah. real quick, don't sleep on the Bucks. I know I'm a Brady. I know where Brady Homer is here from New England, but that team is offensively loaded. So we'll yeah. see what happens with them.
0: Yep. Yeah. Peace out, Girl Scout.